And we are live. And eating sesame chicken. Live. Squad. Cast. It's been a long time coming, but we back. But don't worry, we're eating. It's been a minute. Few things have changed. Everything's the same. What's up, fellas? The more things change, the more they stay the What's same. What's up, Marcus Bernardi? How you doing there, Dirtus Malonis? I'm Greek, good, man. It's your Greek name. This is the first meal of the day. Um, at what time? Had a busy day. What is it, like three and some change? Three o'clock. Lost track of the space-time continuum. Do you do you get hangry? Hell yeah. Yeah. And I also believe in if you don't eat anything the whole day, you can eat whatever the fuck you want. I believe in that. Like fasting. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm eating sesame. Fasting chicken. merits gorging. Well, <laughs> right. Well, it's like that. That um, like the I I F Y M principle, where you'll mm. hear like of somebody like starving themselves all day and then they eat at night. Like, yeah. I feel like somewhat. I like. I've always instinctively done that, and I don't mean starve myself all day, but on a day where you don't happen to eat much, you arrive at the end of a busy day, let's say you trained and yeah. you worked and you did all the stuff, right, that the day demands, and it all of a sudden is 9 o'clock, and you look back and you're like, okay, I had one meal and a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm 4,000 calories in the hole right now, or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, now, at that point, like, oh, if you have a couple burgers and it's okay to some do ice cream or something, like, you're not doing damage to your body because you're you're it's in a not massive caloric deficit as right. opposed to eating all day and then eating crap, you know, which yeah. you've been known to do also. As long as it's not like so many ways to get there. Right. Well, that's like, well, that's the difference because that's like completely empty, empty calories. Empty, completely empty calories. Right. So it's like, there's a fine line there. Unless you're talking But it's a perfect, of the soul. It, it is a perfect segue <laughs> though. But uh, how, are we already on the food cast? Reverse. We're doing it reverse okay. this time. Okay, we're gonna. We might just food cast the whole time. Although later we have a special guest that it will not be food centric, so we might as well get in the food cast. Are we doing the food cast now? I mean, cue the intro. Let's be honest; it's always a food cast. I don't know where it starts, when it starts, and when it ends. This is true. Cue Um, the intro now. The food cast. I'm dying for a quesadilla. From Fat Boy Sunday to Fat Boy Sunday. We got 30 tacos on the table. Give it up. Quarter the pound bowl burgers. of cereal. 115 breakfast. A couple sixers wow. and like eight donuts. Okay. Okay. Reese's Pops are better than peanut butter Captain Crunch. They're taking stem cells and they're making hamburger meat. I'm generally a Ben and Jerry's guy. Peel and eat shrimp. That's my thing. Fried toenails. Some man- they're pretty manly kind of fucking snack. Philadelphia cheesesteak egg rolls. Eat this whole fucking tray. The dirtiest thing you've eaten. Food cast. Snack again. The food cast. Chop it and then we're good. Okay. All so right. back from that beautiful intro. I need from, you to send it to me. From the mass the maestro, Dirt Malone. Um I have a food observation. Okay. Um I had a recent uh, tweet. I know you spend a lot of time, Mark Bernardi, in the Twitter sphere. Specifically your feed. Tracking down tracking Trump's, down important Trump's stories. Tweets. Yes. About the future of the world. Okay. So this, I would assume, came up on your... Okay. Um, That's a... If we're talking about things of incredible consequence, I'm assuming this tweet of mine... Okay. Uh-oh. At G. San Isiro, I'm assuming this uh, was something that came up on okay. your radar. I need you to just pause for a second. This is a food... This is food-centric. Pause. Profundity. Okay. This is life lessons. Go for it. There are 800 calories in 15 Oreos. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. Hashtag bodybuilding. Wow. <laughs> so that made me think about the serving size and how serving size works. Oh, very. You know, how, how it's a dirty the game. The twisted. Oh, it is a filthy, <laughs> twisted world. 
uh, manipulation. Know, so a Dirty serving game. a serving of Oreos is three Oreos. Okay. And I know that that there are probably um, you know people out there who practice moderation. And right. Say well who. Who needs anything more than that? So not when right. it comes to and fucking I, Oreos. And I, I completely understand, but so uh, there are 160 calories in three Oreos. They probably put it on the goddamn package, like only yeah, yeah. 160 calories it's per serving. It's a low-calorie food. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, right. So uh, 160 calories in three Oreos, so 57 calories per Oreo. Um, so, uh, so in 15 Oreos... 160 times 5, there are 800 calories. So Dude, if you that's wanna, beautiful. If you want to polish off a quick... Sleeve? Quick sleeve. Yeah. It's about a sleeve. Well, here's the thing. And I, what would you call like a serving then? A I, wristband? I believe... Like what's, well, here's the thing. I believe... A Pop-Tart. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I believe... I'm eating it. I believe, I'm eating a Pop-Tart as you talk, talk to me about empty calories and I don't do processed this, garbage. I don't do the strawberry Pop-Tart. I don't do the I don't fruit and shit. pastry. I don't care if this is puddle water Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I'm eating it. So, um, so, yeah, right. Okay, so back to it, right? So um, if you want some math... Right, I believe that there are in a, tra- in, a in a traditional um, in a traditional box bag uh, bag satchel box. Okay, what would you call a package a package of Oreos? Because yeah. it's neither bag nor box. It's in a shrink. Well, they wrap. do sell sleeves of them, but I would Single say sleeve. it's like a pack. Yeah, it's a package okay package of Oreos. I believe there are thirty three, so there's eleven in a row. You should not know this. So <laughs> you know this. <laughs> so there's uh, 11 servings, I believe. There's either 11 or 12. There's either could 33 I give or you, 36. Could, could I blindfold Oreos. you? And then in a family size, I believe there's eight, there's 48, 16 Do you think you could blindfolded identify snacks based on the packaging? <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> he just puts his hand in and all he hears... Hmm. 15 cookies. That's uh, about 11 grams It's <laughs> a chip to hoy container. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I, I just I think the serving size game is a dirty, dirty game. There's a lot of a lot of lying and trickery going on there. What's a pop tart? There's two. I I, I want to say in a pop tart. I want to say a, a package of pop tarts is usually in the range of 400 to 440 calories, and that uh, a, a so single, a single pastry is probably 200 to 220 calories. Exactly 200. Wow, he knows his fucking <laughs> treats. <laughs> I'm a snacksman. 200 calories in one tart. It's pretty foul. Foulness. But it does it vary Part from one. flavor to flavor. Lots of inamides and enamudes <laughs> in the ingredients well, list. All right. Well, so speaking of fucked up ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. Did you, because uh, I remember Sko was talking about the delicious stuff that they sprinkle on Doritos, the fairy dust that they sprinkle oh, on yeah. Doritos to make to make your mind so uh, uh, not flip the switch and say that you're full. Yeah. Right. Um, whatever that delicious uh, additive is. Um, the thing that I uh, uh, came across is that there's like some kind of fucking, um, there's some kind of additive that's also used to like uh, clean rust that's Hmm. in a lot of common uh, junk food cereals. I believe it. I, I mean, I like forget when, off the top of my when head Subway what it is. bread has yoga mat material right, in it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like at a certain, you know, it's some kind of Dude, weird additive. Bad. It's like you know, I'm, I'm I'm sitting here and we're supposed to be bringing knowledge to the masses, edutainment, if you will. And Paranoia. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know what exactly the ingredient is. It, I want to say it's some sort of trisodium phosphate kind of thing, TSP or Glyceride. something like that. And it is a uh, it is an ingredient that like will pop up in a lot of delicious breakfast cereals, and mm. for some reason, it's also in like 
something that, that you would use to strip varnish. <laughs> it's like, what the, the fuck The varnish is that? of your stomach. Yes, exactly. The That's inner varnish. Yeah. The inner varnish. <laughs> Under varnish. My favorite brand. <laughs> yeah, dude. I saw some... There's like so many different things with food. Like the whole um, war on um, olive oil. How they put like sawdust in it. Mm. Like the mafia type. Parmesan you know. cheese has sawdust. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that the too. The vast majority of Parmesan cheese that like you could just get in the aisle of your supermarket right. is like 30% sawdust bits wow. processed and faked as cheese. Wood resin? Yeah, like if you look That's really close, it like because it's not like, you know, it's like cheese food. Right, right, right. It's like if you ate a piece of wood, it could Jeez. be, it's like wood food. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah they yeah. use like, they, these are legal terms for them. Right, of course. And they lobby Congress. Right, sure. To make a word mean whatever they say it is. Right. Like, um, organic. There was a point where organic means what you think it means. Right, right. And it's since been lobbied. Sure. And they've expanded the definition. Of course. And for all I know, Fuck. like the... The legal definition of organic is like was in a car trunk. Right, like, right. They yeah, can so, make it right. whatever the fuck they right, want. Right, it right. just means like, oh, it was uh, humans noticed it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So those organic Rice Krispie treats are way off, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, like organic could just mean like a human was involved in the creation of it. Well, like, I think you don't people, know if that yeah. means people naturally grew out of the earth or was like in a lab. People like, lose sight also of the fact that like just because it's organic doesn't mean it's healthy. Like, you could eat a box of organic chocolate chip cookies. It just means right. that, theoretically, the ingredients are of a higher quality, but it doesn't mean that there's any less calories or sugar yeah. or anything in them than, they're, you know, right. otherwise. Organic gummy bears and shit. Right. right. It's still gummy bears. It's not fucking health food just because it says organic on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just means, in theory... I mean, same with fruit, even. Right. It just means, in theory, that the ad that the ingredients might be of a slightly higher quality or less tainted by processing, I guess, really, mm -hmm. is all it comes down to, right? Speaking of processing... I made some stuffed mushrooms yesterday Ooh. with three different cheeses. Oh. Nah, I did some garlic, some onion. I took the uh, organic Bella mushrooms. That's why That's why it popped into my head. And I put three different cheeses on there. But that mm. shit in the broiler is fucking bad. I like shrooms. Dude, it was good. But not everybody does. Shrooms are taking shrooms. <laughs> Hallucinogens every chance I get, of course. No, I like I like mushrooms, but like not everybody Micro does. Microdosing? <laughs> every chance I get. Not everybody does. You know, does it's them. like a big Silicon Valley thing oh, I'm with sure. LSD. I'm sure. Yeah. Microdosing? Well, what about what about the, what's it called? Haya. Hayawaska. Hayawaska, right. Yeah. What about that? Have you heard about that? Talk it's to like me. some kind of... Um, do you know where I can score some? Get, get, are you going to get ayahuasca <laughs> with us? There's like a, some kind of um, hallucinogen that can be smoked, but like I think it makes you see the great spirit or something. Like it's a light, it, it cl they claim it to that, be like a life altering experience. Well, look, I heard Dorian talking DMT. about it. Right? Dorian talking about it on Joe Rogan, right? That and DMT. I think that's the Dorian act, that's like the uh, Dorian Yates oh. talking about it on on, uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I, I, I want to say that it's like. Um, I mean, you know, the the claim is that like it really gets you like in touch with like your your core essence. Let, let me tell you something. You just and that melt. like in theory, I can speak from experience. In theory, it could be a good experience or, uh -oh. or a horrific experience. You I can, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I can speak from experience, not specifically ayahuasca. Yeah, is that yeah. what you said? Um, but just something like mushrooms, for example, right? Um, it's it it can be like hallucinogenic. Depends like on it's all different. LSD, you know what I mean? But Generally speaking, and I'm not like the type of person like no, taking no. shrooms all the time, yeah, yeah. 
but I've done it a couple times in yeah. my life in many years ago. Sorry. It does not create something that isn't there. Right. It makes you aware of something that is there. And some people might be already in touch right, right, right. more so than others. Right. But there is such a um, therapeutic, natural spirituality to something like mushrooms yeah. mm -hmm. in which like you'll appreciate the detail, like just a perfect example, yeah. right? Like an old tree. Right. You will <laughs> be captivated by an old tree. Right. And stare at it right. in all its wonders right. and appreciate every little detail of it and how amazing it is that this like 150 year old tree came to be, will right. live longer than you, right. has seen so much right. and it has the wounds and it has rings and it has, it's an ecosystem. Things, all you're, the, things you're generally numb to. Things, Blind a to. tree you would walk past. Right. And never take time to appreciate. Right, right. Interesting. So all those details are there. It didn't make you, th the tree isn't talking to you. Right, I mean. Right. That can happen depending you, on the drug it, you're depending taking. Depending on your mindset, too, there could be a little fucking guy behind a tree with a No, well, I mean, right? Look, I'm not an expert. There are people who take this stuff like all the time in Silicon Valley right now. Like, um, it's the thing to do. It's a thing to do. Shaking like, up some rise it's called like microdosing where they're like taking these things in small concentrated quantities and it's a performance enhancing drug for work. It like you could just creativity. imagine, yeah, creativity, like opening up the mind, think, looking at things from a different perspective, right. like it's very scientifically used. And then in the sci actual scientific psychiatric community, the benefits of combating depression, mm -hmm. like it is a wonder drug. Yeah. So many psychiatrists are like, man, we got to get this in the mix. And like everyone who goes on it, all of a sudden, like the things that were stressing them out that we all know don't matter and we like to say like oh it doesn't matter right you really see that it doesn't matter and you're more in connected to these uh, yeah. the things that everyone has in common right. what the world has in common your role in the part of this like big churning machine because it's made from the earth it's not synthetic man-made shit it's just what it does to your mind like that's the effect of it it's not like you it's very yes you could be paranoid you could take too much there's different kinds of drugs that produce delusions and that can be dangerous of course like you don't know what you're dealing with but in my experience i never ha i never was like oh there's a ghost behind the tree i'm like yeah. holy shit this tree a week later totally sober go by that same tree holy shit this tree like you still it, it was it's the same tree that you looked at a week ago right. now you just are more aware of its history and the stuff you took time to appreciate and so you know um Oh, For yeah. some people, that might not sound uh, like a learning experience, but in my experience, it's been see. Uh, all right, so good. like to not, you know, no, no revelation that anybody will be surprised by in this room, right? But like. Uh, for example, like, you know, like when I sit back and like do some self analysis of stuff that I need to personally work on, right? Like one thing right. is like the ability to sort of, uh, manage stress better. Right. Yeah. And the idea of like not to allow my mind to make mountains right. out of molehills right, right, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Right. Um, uh, and like, that's something that I, I'm just aware of me needing to work on. Right. Okay. And. Uh, but then at the same time, like, so like something like you were just saying, like about that experience to me sounds really appealing in a lot of ways. Right. right. But then another part of me, and this is, will be the part that's no revelation is that the thought of having no losing control over myself. Right. Fucking bugs me out. Yeah. Right. You know, like there, there's like, a, there's a line, 
right? And like the thought of like how you feel when you have a drink and like, okay, like there's a de-stressor and yeah. you're, you're relaxed and it's a wonderful right. thing, right? It can be a wonderful thing, right? Or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, with whatever uh, substance you happen to ingest mm-hmm. that allows you to sort of uh, feel slightly euphoric and de-stress. Right. That's great, right? But like I'm, I've always had an issue with being my concern over not being in control of my mind or my whatnot and that bugs me out and that's like often been an issue like look i don't think you should do it while like uh, operating an airplane (laughs) like there need to be you you have to be responsible with anything of course you know of course and this isn't like me like everyone out there what's going on (laughs) you want inner you want happiness you want fulfillment go take a lot of shrooms and stare at a tree i took a lot of shrooms i'm not saying that at all like for some people they don't need it and my question for you would be like how many steps like you say you're like okay you're worried about like getting to that point like have you taken any steps in the direction toward you know what i mean like yeah, it's yeah. not like there's oh you're at that point where you've totally lost control there's degrees right right of it's course, not of one or the other you know what well, i mean I've so drank, like i've drank too much in the past well, well yes of course <laughs> drank too much but right, i mean right. like yeah, yeah. The way that you're, I'm not sure that the, your concern is, well, it's 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 largely uncharted territory, I guess. So the unknown bugs me out a little bit. And then, um, and like, right. (laughs) I'm just imagining you doing it and it's just, I'm entertaining myself. Of course. Um, Um, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I think, uh, no, I like to me. up like this. I'm sure. No, no, I, I disagree. Like, I think it, it. you are who you are, yeah, yeah. and that, like, sure, you can drink too much, you can get sick, right? But, right, like, sure. do you drink too much and cry? Right, 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 right. Do you drink too much and, like, start a fight with a friend? Right, Like, right, uh, yeah. punch someone? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I think, like, that alcohol can bring out... Often, right, often ex- exacerbates right. issues. Like, I, the right. most of the, like, the good dudes I know, like, get drunk and are still oh, good dudes. Yeah, of course. You of know? course, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. That the, obviously it can cloud your judgment right, and all right, kinds right, of that, right. you know. Was that a good dude when we were drinking together? Uh, no comment. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, of course. Um, you know what I mean? So I think, like, you are who you are yeah, to a course. certain extent. Of course, of course. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, this yeah. isn't. Well, yeah, no, because. Plenty I'm, of people get through, like, well, without taking Right, well, and, well and, the, yeah. what made me think of that is, like, um, these guys uh, relaying their experiences on ayahuasca. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think ayahuasca is like something that you ingest, but then like the active ingredient is DMT, like dimethyltryptamine mm. or something, right. which is supposed to make you have this out of body, like you're gone. For yes, like you're on a vision minutes. quest of yeah. uh, hallucin- hallucinations and all like that. No, that's a different thing than what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. It bugs me the fuck out. I don't know why. What, you know? what are you so worried about? No, that dude. That's, well, that's like it, the though. extreme. But that's it. Well, that's ultimately it, though, right? Like, but is it that... you you're worried about? Maybe. I don't know. No. I mean, no, because right, because we're talking about like uh, uncharted territories, and like, like I said, my lack of like, uh, I, I like to be in control of my faculties, and and I, I guess I don't know the analytical portion yes. of my brain and stuff, and like I I worry about like if that was somehow shut off or altered, like I don't know. Right. How do you get it back? In, I get no, toothpaste I back can in the you, tube. Can you not let go? <laughs> I don't know, you know? How to, how to let go. Yeah, 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 Right, that's it. I don't know if I have it in me to let go. 
Right. Well, you probably. Well, think no. That. I mean, you won't let yourself like that. <laughs> yeah. Like you could just throw caution to the. If oh, you if you of course, of course. were capable of throwing caution yeah, to the wind in yeah, that yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. within know, a, within a day you could be yeah, on a vision so. quest. I'm sure. I'm right, sure right. Dirt knows. Hit redial on your phone there and get him some uh, DMT extract. Yeah. I want the purest, yeah. most intense. Well, dude, that's yeah. the thing. We're talking about like the hard, the most hardcore trip you could ever have is right. like yeah. that right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for the most part, it's like uh, being able to let go. Like I think G has never experienced something like that where it's like you probably take, you know, shrooms and you're like, fuck, I used to know what Galapagoid meant in the dictionary. Now I don't. Like this fucked me up. No. <laughs> I, don't know, you know? I don't know what you just said but I wholeheartedly the, the fact that it. the fact that he took something and it's like all right it's about to have an effect on me and it's like you don't know where it's right. going to take then, like, you right, and you don't right, know right, what's right, going right. on and like well would like I uh be so paralyzed in self analysis you might the, be paralyzed with anxiety of that's it yeah just but it's it's still it doesn't make any sense no, like, no of right. course it may no it makes total sense I, like, I feel like I feel like I'm probably conveying a you common mind state with regard to this stuff i yeah. just don't know if i'm articulating it well but well like taking any drug there's like the period of do i feel it yet is something happening yet yeah right and that psychological right gamesmanship that yeah. you'd have to play with yourself right. 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 Yeah, yeah. but i think once the drug is like kicked in that all of that would like fade away right, sure yeah, we're not we should saying, videotape we're not saying this. to do drugs, but fucking do every drug you can get your hands no, on. No, I mean, like, <laughs> the reason you're guarded is a good reason. It's because we've seen a lot of people right, right. in life right. get the raw end of the, you know, the negative effects right. of doing drugs right. and drinking and smoking cigarettes yeah, even. Yeah, like, what course. that can do to someone, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, these are things that, like, there's a good reason for it to be cautious. yeah. yeah. And to be hesitant, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like saying, what, dude, you never jumped out of it? Like, there's a reason you sweat when you go skydiving. Right, right, Your course. palms sweat when you're yeah. on top of a mountain. It's thousands of years of evolution of seeing someone fall off a mountain. Yeah, right, right. Or when you do salvia, don't do that. Like, the reason your eyes are trained, our eyes are evolved to notice snakes. Really? Like if you're walking through the woods, you'll see a stick. You look at that. Is that a stick? It's because if you didn't, you died. Wow. So everyone who got here... Right, right, right could see i mean with degrees yeah, yeah. with varying degrees if you didn't have the eyesight to notice a poisonous snake sticking out of the brush right then you died right what happens so if you, there's snakes on a plane well then you have a classic film <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so you know i don't know how we got onto this topic but because what else we were talking new? about shrooms so i made shrooms and then how uh, did we get into shrooms we're talking about uh oh making shrooms. different yes. types of shrooms yes anyway the stuffed mushrooms were amazing by the way you should uh, you should give Greg some, but actual uh, <laughs> trip, trippy shrooms, tripping balls, the dirtiest thing you eaten. Well, that would be it. Greg's Dirt at the post office with his daughter. Room, but it was a hallucinogen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. I've never done shrooms. You'd have to be like in thing. a safe environment. Yes, for that safe reason, <laughs> with people I trust. That's dude, I, no, I think there's like that, wouldn't do me dirty because it's like you you could have a good trip. Or you can have Well, you know, all right. Like, if we want, I mean, we, there's a, a roll of the dice. If we, it's like, we want to talk about it, like, kind of like I'm, eating street food. I don't like if, that. If we want to talk about it, I'm not even going to speak flippantly about it because it's fucked up. And I don't know if you remember this, Skull, but when we were kids, it was like a crew of guys in Tall Shady's, shot the Tall Shady, okay. in his extended circle, right? All right. Uh, of like, uh, I don't know, I would say like hard rock, heavy metal, hockey playing, yes. miscreants. Yes. Right? 
And uh, there was one kid I knew who, like, was cool. And, you know, like, when you're, like, uh, in sixth grade and there's a kid who's in ninth grade and he's cool to you, it's, like, yeah. it's cool. Oh, shit, you're cool, dude. Yeah. No, it's, like, nice when somebody's cool to you when they're older when yeah. a lot of dudes... When well, dude, when I met Shady, he was, like... I mean, the same difference there, but yeah, I was, yeah. like, you know... Yeah, yeah. He was, like, 32 and you were 40. Yeah, he was 32 and I was, <laughs> and I was nine. I'm, like, all right, I'll play basketball with you. Let's go. No, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, right. older kids and everything. Right, okay. So, like, so like you know, these kids were, like, you know, a couple years of my senior and they were cool to me. So, I was, like, all right, cool. Um, and the one kid I remember, and it's, like, before you're old enough to even understand what this means. Yeah. Right? Somebody's, like, like I, I, it ran into the kid and it was, like, a strange encounter. Right? And I was, like, hmm. And then I mentioned it to somebody. He's, like, oh, yeah, man, you didn't hear? He got stuck in a trip. And I was, like, no, what? Whoa. And I, I was a kid, and I was like, yeah. well, that sounds terrible. Um, there you go. Right? Dude. That's why you're... No, 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 no. That's not why. But but it's just one of those things, right? Where it's like, you see, you hear he something like stuck. that. He got stuck. And then later and then later on... He's, in, he's between worlds. Just recently, Tall Shady told me, and it's like, yeah. it's fucked up. It's like, he got hit by a bus later on. Oh. Like, oh, man. Maybe he knew it was coming. I don't know. That's what he saw. I don't know. But yeah, so it was like, oh, you know, like up. so it was like literally like a flip flip of a switch and it was like a totally normal cool dude and then not doing so well. But do you know And I'm not saying that, that Wait, that's he like got any caught kind of in a I mean, trip and he I know, right. I didn't yeah. even know what that meant. Right. But and I still don't know what it, that necessarily yeah. means, but just obviously that he had some kind of really terrible experience with some sort of I mean, what compound? Yeah, dude. LSD or some shit. Well, like LSD, it's all a roll of the dice. Right. Like you don't know what anything right, is unless you make it yourself. Right, right, right. So like you don't know what you're getting in the bathtub. Like yeah, I got a little. Space. But assuming there was like a, tr- I'm not, I'm not gonna go down this road. Uh-oh. Everyone at home, don't do drugs. Drugs. <laughs> drugs are bad. But you know, like, what's a drug? Dreams. Like, caffeine's a drug. Nicotine's a drug. <laughs> but like, really though, the toehead. Sugar's addictive. Coffee's addictive. Right, right of course. What oh, is the? Well, that's the thing. I think I have an addictive person. The most so. addictive. Yes, but like mushrooms are not addictive. Right, right, okay. There is no, like, oh, I got to do this. Right, but I'm a product of the Nancy Reagan war on drugs, just say no shit. So, like, so they're all the same? <laughs> yeah, you know. It's a mono, yeah, yeah, yeah. every a drug mono has the same side effect? Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, no, I understand. But you know what I mean? But like, no, but I like, make like, these correlations. Like, because I always thought, like. But coffee is addictive. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course Alcohol is. is addictive. Of course it is. Of right. Of course it is. Sugar even right, is addictive. Right. Mushrooms Sugar and salt are not addictive. Sugar is definitely addictive. Now, there, there is, like, you know, like. I guess there are some studies that say marijuana is addictive, right. but I think that's more of like the, no. I like this lifestyle. I don't think it aspect. Is. I don't think it is either. But lifestyle act aspect though, it's tough for me because like a lot of addicts I know, marijuana is a common component. Well, see, that's an interesting thing for like they're not addicted to addicts. Yes, they segued from that. See, that was always <laughs> that was always a part of their life. The here's the thing: and it broke down the door when they were younger. Conversation that I've had, right? And I've had it with Dirt Malone, and I've even had Dirt Malone, admit, I think, admit that I was right. Right? Was the idea that like you know they you hear the phrase gateway drugs, mm-hmm. right? But I sort of believe that any illicit substance or alcohol, whatever, right? Depending on the individual, right, mm-hmm. is can be a gateway drug because to me it's largely about attitudes, right? Right. Yeah. So it's like you find yourself in a room where, where if your your entire circle of friends, everybody smoking weed all the time, right? Right. There's just a relaxed attitude in general about right smoking weed, and in that environment, right, I just feel like it's more in my personal experience, it's more likely that 
people graduate to. to well, here's a, it, it's not saying that the the, the substance itself right. chemically led to your urge for harder drugs. That's right. not what I'm no. saying. So about attitudes, like for who you surround yourself standpoint. with, what they're doing, and, and their attitude. And, I, and if I can be honest, I think juice is the same. Here's yeah, a, well, juice. yeah. The reason the weed needs to be decriminalized is because it gives people the false impression that since they survived doing it without becoming an addict, that they can do other drugs right. that don't behave in the same yes, way, and they'll true. be able to survive that, yeah, yep. and there will be no yes. negative consequences. Because like, oh, I had weed a couple times, and like everything's cool. Or I so, smoke it every right. day, so and I'm totally in control. So they just then their yeah, brain, they're yeah. like, oh, drug, I can do it. Yeah. And that's why it becomes a gateway yeah, yeah, drug, yeah. but it's so chemically different than the other drugs that when they apply the same lifestyle yes. or use to another drug, it's like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, we have a boxing expert on shortly. It's yeah. like, like, oh, I want a fist fight at the bar. Now I can challenge <laughs> right. Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's like, no, man, yeah, like, yeah, that's not yeah, exactly. boxing. Right. What you did the first yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're like, oh, you know, right. I can, uh, you know, yep. what I pick the drug, you yeah. know, I just think like the whole weed thing is you're like Greg said, the attitude and then who you hang around with. Like, yeah, dude, I was smoking weed every day, like 10 years ago. And sure. now it's like, right. whatever, I don't need it. Yeah. It gives a fuck. If it's right. around, I'll fucking, you know, I'll get on some or whatever. But, but, the, but, you know, like, I, but you see how the culture is evolved too. Like oh, there's, yeah. I feel like probably if circumstances were different in political climates it would have been decriminalized nationally already i think and i think we're headed there i mean america americans yeah overwhelmingly yeah, yeah. want we to be decriminalized yeah. and legalized and it should yeah. be and it should be and, and and but i think it's an interesting point you make about the idea and then right it comes back to attitudes right just the idea that like Oh, well, you know, I had generally positive experience with, right. with, with weed and I was completely fine. Yeah. So because of that, I can apply that same thing. Well, it's like it should be treated more like coffee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that you could have it and right. not right. go That's... crazy after you try it once. Yeah, 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 Whereas yeah. something like heroin or oxy, like where it's so you see the the rates at which people stay addicted, they can't they yeah. can't quit. Yeah. The only thing with that is if they legalize it, legalize I ain't what? doing a damn. Not doing a damn thing. What? Weed? Weed. You're not doing a damn thing, meaning you're going to be high all the time? No, I mean, like, if I was to be high all the time, I'm not going to, you know, be active and want to do stuff and do all that, you know, know, do work and all that. How is it any different than having a drink? I mean, I think it's... No, no, no. I, I, what I mean right. by that. Oh, is yeah, that yeah, yeah. You no. pick the time to. Right. That's the same thing. thing. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So yeah. Exactly. At the end of the day, just you get like home. To, and... Just because you like to have a beer doesn't mean you're going to be drinking <laughs> right. a beer for breakfast. Oh, weed's right. legal right. now. I'm going to have to smoke right. it every minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I'm sure that'll shit. be like the first couple of years. It'll oh, be like people are like 24 hours a day, man, and then you know, yeah, one big cloudy parade. Well, I mean, it seems like too the obvious thing, right? Just the. We always try to take these moments to deconstruct things from a practical standpoint, right? Like, one of the main drivers behind the eventual legalization of marijuana will just be the idea that it can be a government taxed. Oh, not just government taxed. It's going to be... A massive revenue stream that that also... Big weed. Right. right. It's a big pharma thing right 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 now. Like, they want to actually push the mom and pop weed shops out of business. Right. Right, of course. Because the big, like PepsiCo, right, 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 yeah. wants to get in the weeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like there's, it's a huge, right, sure, uh, market. That's right. So it's going to be this massive 
revenue, you know, economic driver. And because of that, it's yeah. because of that, that, that reason more than anything about what you and I might think about how it needs to be decriminalized and how people shouldn't be getting locked up and shit mm-hmm. like that over, over weed. Right. And about disproportionality with regard to the class and race yeah. and how, how, and how, uh, you know, uh, weed and, uh, you know, has been weaponized to, to put a lot of people away and really fuck up families and, and communities, yeah. uh, beyond that stuff. Right. The idea that this thing can make lots of money, and help the economy, and then they can tax the fuck out of it and make a lot of money off of it. That's going to be the reason that it gets exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they're going to have to give the money to the people that run prisons. Right. They're going to be like, well, if we're taken away, so uh, this isn't too political. It's historical. I just went there. I went there. Apple's coming out with a vape pen, by the way. I feel it. Historical. So, um, World War II, we had Japanese internment camps. After Pearl Harbor, right? I'm bringing it back, right? So, you know, Japanese. Dark moments. No, because right now, speaking of dark moments, like as we see there right now, like immigrants in America, parents are making plans with their kids of what they do if they get deported. Mm -hmm. Kids have to walk around with papers and show their papers. They're getting onto like Greyhound buses and they're like, everyone here, show, prove where you're from or we're taking you. Like that's happening in America, right? It's fucking crazy. And if you go back to like Hitler's time, this is like the precursor to what was going on with no, concentration course, yeah, camps. Yeah. You show your papers. Is, that's like right. common language. So um, along those lines, and I'll go back in time to bring it to current times, um, Japanese internment, right? So the Japanese knew how to farm, and they built the farming industry in America, contrary to what many people think. Okay. They are the reason that California is such a huge economy. Japanese internment had less to do with um, war and had to do with the fact that Japanese farmers could produce like five times the product with, with the same amount of acreage as white farmers in California at the time. And they used Japanese internment for land grabs. Basically, they just took all their farms and made them employee, not employees, slaves. Them. Yeah. Right, they use them. They're like, right. "Wait, you're crushing us right now. Right, right. You're killing you're, the white farm is making so much less than what the Japanese immigrant farmer is right, making right, right, right. that we need a reason to level the playing field uh, back to us, right. even though you're more skilled than us, right. and it should be a meritocracy." Right. That was the motive. It was the uh, the internment camps were originally a bill from the Farmers Association of America. And from the California Farmers Association, wow. they created Japanese internment wow. camps as a land grab. They seized all the farms. They made all the Japanese farmers wards of the state, basically inmates, who then on like work release would work the farms. And then a big reason behind the push today is the same thing with Mexican Oh, immigrants, of course, of course. It's not just like the cliche thing that like they're farmers and they're like the labor that come in work for cheap. They actually know how to run the farms, the machinery, yeah. the scheduling, yep. the art of it, yep. the science mm-hmm. of it. Yep. They are the real experts. Right. And so what they've realized is that they can't get um, what do you call it? Prison inmates working. What would you call that when they're wor- picking up litter on the side right, of the right, street? Right. That's Chain uh, gang. Yeah, it's like a chain gang. There's like a technical term yeah, for yeah. it. I can't remember. But so what they found is there if you get like, you know, 10 dudes uh, from Florida as felons, uh, you know, who are selling weed or whatever like yeah. that. And then you try to take them to a farm and do the work for free. Mm-hmm. They don't have the skills. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You can't get enough out of them, even though they're working for nothing. Right, sure, sure, sure. It's it goes nowhere. Right, right, right. That's just a totally different science, yeah, right? Yeah, wow. So what they want is a, a justification for seizing this labor and making it free. Wow. The skill and making it free. How do we get free labor? And it's by criminalizing the immigrant. Wow. Incarcerating them. Right. And then having him go right back wow. to the same farm he worked at wow. and ran in some cases. And now work for free. And now work for free. It's wow. free labor. How can you get even cheaper labor than like the dollar an hour, make someone a criminal and force them to well, work? Well, you in. want to have the, the conversation. That's fucking <laughs> That's amazing. Fucking I know. It's if, sick. if you want to have the conversation, like you'll often have a conversation about the Civil War. And somebody say, oh, the Civil War is not about race. It's about states' rights. Yes, yeah. it's about states' rights. <laughs> to enslave. It's about, it's about <laughs> states' rights. And states wanting to have free labor, which meant human beings as property, mm. which was about race. Yeah. <laughs> so right. don't so don't don't tell me that it's not about race. Yes, it's about of course it's the same. And so about once race. right and about so state rights to have human beings as property and that property was African slaves. Yes. And, it's about yeah. it's about And it's so about once race. you concede that you can enslave someone, right. but you can enslave a criminal, right. you then incentivize turning someone into a criminal. Right. Especially if they have skill that you can get for free wow. once they're a criminal. But I thought Dirt Malone. They were stealing our gerbs. <laughs> Mind blown. I thought they were stealing our gerbs. They're taking our gerbs. So tell me about the amazing South Park you saw. Oh. It was. A Jim Bob? Season 21. <laughs> episode 1. Dude, South, Park keeps, South Park keeps bringing it, by the way. It was keeps about, you know, it's like it. one of those shows that I love and I just never get a chance to watch. Yeah, and you but I'm like confident they're still. That's the thing. Like. <laughs> Me, me too. I don't really get an opportunity to watch it and I go away from it and then I just stumble back and I'm like, well, that's the best thing I've seen in six months. <laughs> yeah, you know? I need to watch wow, it. Wow, that's the most on-point thing anyone said in my right. life in six months. Yeah. It's crazy. Scathing yeah, commentary. Yeah. So, yeah. The kid, so the kids got like the uh, Alexa. So they're like, hey, Alexa, add like tasty balls to my shopping list. And they're like <laughs> laughing about it and everything. Right. And there's like a Google one and Apple yeah. one and Amazon yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. got these automated things right. in their homes, right? So then like, you know, no offense, but like I think like Confederate, like the Southern guys, they were like, they're taking our jobs. And they wanted to replace the alexis so eventually they did and then so that was like bob in your living room yeah so then you get like a gym bob he's got like a weather vane coming out yeah, he's got a guitar he's got so he's phone. like yeah oh wow he's like hey gym bob play some music he's like playing to paper butterfly by kendrick lamar i did see that clip yeah. Yeah. And like what's uh, what's the what's the temperature gym bob and he's like <laughs> deep, 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 yeah. Yeah, deep, deep, 62 degrees in South and then what's that, the traffic like yeah looking good it's like dude it was hilarious it's just that and then they were going back and forth with like hgtv how it's like white people renovating things <laughs> yeah. and they right. were talking about open concepts they're just like we're gonna create an open concept because it's it's so fucking on well point. they yeah they used to do like the scathing commentary about like the uh cooking shows yeah so now it's like scathing commentary on like uh the diy like right. uh, house flipping yeah, yeah, and how yeah. that's like an industry of entertainment now it's yeah. a, a million of yeah. people shows. who can afford and it was called white people renovating houses <laughs> amazing and they were getting pissed because like you know the confederate people would be in the streets like oh they're taking our jobs like we're trying to film a goddamn <laughs> episode so like they were going to, they were going out. randy marsh yes it was one of tv's great so great hilarious. characters nice i'll have to check it out south yeah. park nails it every time every time Every time. Okay, I, so I, I listen to music. Speaking. Of, oh, okay. You go for to, go you, for some wait, music. You listen to music. I could actually really use some music. I've been like in the process of moving, so like mm. computers in a box, like all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I just had like what was for two weeks, like whatever was already yeah. on the MP3 player. How many computers you have? Eight. 
<laughs> I have a music commentary, and then I have uh, a music you should listen to. First okay. music commentary is uh, the other day, uh, Bruno Mars won album of the year over yes. Jay-Z and Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Bruno Mars might be my least favorite cultural But he's celebrity. so inspiring no i don't i got no, this, i got so well, this nothing. is the argument with that greg that he would beat jay-z and kendrick lamar at the 444 album he should have, he what? should never beat kendrick lamar because his is original piece bruno mars takes songs and riffs and all this shit and then he just regurgitates it okay like puts a spin on but it. he won so an album of the not year, really though. his but he won an album a, of the year. That's your but boy. But first of all, here's the one thing we have to remember that like <laughs> Prince Prince never won album of the year. Oh, no, I know. And yeah. that like this is the Grammys. But Hove was at the Grammys. I know, but like he that's was there. But that's he actually the, went. I was like, I was thought he was gonna like it was gonna be like a dope Sean Penn moment where they show all the chairs of Well they gave him there, the like Jay, lifetime oh, achievement. That's why he was there. That's how yeah. I got him in the building. He's got like the icon that, award. What I was hoping is that it's you know, like there'll be like Johnny Depp's up for best actor and it's like everybody in the in attendance and then just a picture of Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp's like, fuck that, I ain't going. Yeah. Right? So like I was hoping it was gonna kind of be that. It's like Hove sitting there losing to Bruno Mars. You got to sit there and endure that. Sean Carter. You got to understand that like Ja Rule has won. That's because he's and white. Black. I think like Ja Rule has like rap album of the year and like right. that. The, this is album of the year though. I know, but I understand. But like, the, you can't expect. I know. It's like I just get. I like getting fired. Have up you seen like the crowd at the Grammys? Yeah, I'm sure. You know. Well, I, it's, listen, I give. I put. I give no cultural like. But I will say this. significance to it. Right. I, either. Yeah. I. It's, it's just like when yeah. I see like. Um, a platform that huge and like how dope it would be to get like somebody awesome recognized. That I'll get. I'll tell you everything about the Grammys. That Chappelle, when he was announcing Rap Album of the Year, he's like, "But before I get to the nominees, I want to say, say shout out to uh, Q-Tip yeah. and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Wow. Sometimes Buster Rhymes, sometimes Consequence, wow. and Forever Fight Dog." Wow. Because they should have been nominated. Right, they right, should have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there were a lot of good awesome. albums nominated, That's but they awesome. should have been. And he said, can I kick it? And the wow. crowd said, yeah. yeah. Wow. They didn't know. Oh, yes, you can. Say, yes, uh, you can. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's really there? Right, right. It's That's not right. 10 That's million right. like Dave Chappelle's right, in the audience. Right, it's like, you know. Shed. 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 But that said, I mean, Bruno Mars to me. I know. And, you know, I... Who am I? I'm a white guy. Go to go to the well, and I want full disclosure. I'm a white guy. I might not have the. I might not have. I might not have a leg to stand on to say this. Okay. I know that it it might like send black Twitter into a rage. Okay. If you're familiar with what that is. Yep. But Bruno Mars to me has all the makings of like a culture vulture. Do you know what that is? Sure, of course. In like a yes, like a Macklemorean. I, kind I, of that's another one striking of that favorite. note yes that it just like you know like even like him and cardi b coming out in like the new jack swing like 1991 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, stealing in living colors TLC intro wardrobe and then like the gold chains yeah. and everything in his big hit video well my eldest pointing song. out to me how adorable that was and I'm like, well, first of all, like, what kind of warped, like, uh, you know, uh, alternate universes where, like, Cardi B's pretty much at the Grammys, like, Madonna. Yeah. She's there at, like, Janet Jackson. Right. She's Beyonce, basically. Yeah. I'm like, well, how the fuck did that happen? Stripper. Quickly. Uh, listen, I'm not judging anybody's past. That's not even why I'm saying it. I'm just like, really? Like, she's. No, but she's. she's like, the biggest star in the building. She's yeah. Like, how did Dude, that happen? I don't know. She's goofy. Man. <laughs> Number she's one like song. She's goofball. Right. She's like, I'm Cardi B. I mean, so was oh, Nikki and the little right. Kim, and then like, okay, you know, I don't a couple know. things though. Little Kim had skills though, I think. And well, I, I mean, and Biggie I heard, wrote for her, so I, uh, I don't know. And I heard Nicki Minaj, and see, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't know if she writes, so that's Nicki thing. Minaj yeah. or Cardi B or Nicki Minaj. Oh yeah. But I heard a verse 
recently on one of these pop collaborative right. songs. It might have right. been like Migos yeah, or no, whatever, but it's like one of those songs where it's like uh, three different people on a track. Right. And she was on one of them. And she's probably on like 10 of those songs. I don't, know that one. I don't know. Cardi B. She's probably on like 10 of those songs. And Nikki's verse, I was like, huh. She has mic skills. There was mic skills. I mean, there. there's like no denying yeah. it. There was definite mic skills there. Breath control, melody, all kinds of shit going on. There. All right. So anyway, so last thing, uh, and then I'll tell you about what we should listen to. So I'm, we're, um, I was going somewhere and this song came on and I was like, oh, it's like kind of like one of those like future type bangers that like is catchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I held on to it for a second. I'm like, holy shit, that's Macklemore. Wow. There was a Macklemore song. Okay. That was the perfectly executed trap song. Right. I think it was Macklemore featuring Offset. Okay. Or 21 Savage or right. one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. One of those kind of interchangeable dudes. Yep. Right. Offset. And it was like a perf. it was perfectly executed in that way, right? To the and I, I and I told Dirt Malone and Dirt Malone didn't believe me and then we played it and he's like holy shit that's oh yeah crazy. this is in LA not that it was good right but that it was like I said the perfect execution of that kind of song right so later on uh, Dirt Malone had some kind of like I don't even know what it was some sort of trancey experimental like uh, club drum right. and bass music on okay and like I don't even know what he went to take he went to do a hot shoe box and yeah. when, he, when he did I switched channels and I put Mob Deep on yeah and then he came out and he's like yo man throw that Macklemore on and I said that's the first time the, <laughs> and the last there's been eight there's eight <laughs> there's eight billion people in the world and I said for the first out. time you're the first guy who ever who ever <laughs> uttered the phrase hey could you turn that Mob Deep off and put Macklemore on real quick but I'm sure a female in Seattle has. What I was illustrating. <laughs> all I was, no, illust- I was the first. What I was illustrating though. What I was illustrating though in saying that was the fact that what he wasn't wrong about was the fact that that was like a catchy song and yeah. it's, it, it's extreme culture vulturism. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Because what you because what you end up working with right is like someone with X amount of skills. So let's just say he's talented. What right? right. And then surrounded by all the best people who are able to right. cook up this stuff. Right. Whoever, you know, Mike Will made it yeah. or whoever the fuck the guy, Metro Boom, and whoever the guys are who make that kind of music. Right. Or all of a sudden, they're on call. Yeah. Well, Macklemore can get that guy in the fucking phone. Right. Oh, Wait, yeah, can boy. I defend myself can I real quick? No, yeah, dude, I was listening to, to Mob Deep are... the whole time on the plane ride. Okay. Because that's all that's in my freaking okay, well, phone. You, so I was the, like, the last thing you have to defend yourself on is like, the, here's uh, the easy defense. Like, uh, oh, you no, love Macklemore. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> I love Macklemore. <laughs> the reason, no, the easy explanation. I was going to say the easiest defense is, oh, you know who fucking played the Macklemore song for me? G did. So there's the easy fucking thing. It's like, you put me onto it. I was listening to I learned it from watching you. So, yeah. But hey, anyway, so evidence, good. evidence whether, or not, off. whether or not. Evidence, <laughs> whether or not. The rapper, the evidence. Yep. The album is whether or not. Yep. Fuego. Yeah, it's great. Real hip-hop. Nice. Real hip-hop, good production. I gotta uh, check the, it. The song, Throw It All Away, I think Throw It Away, Throw It Away, Throw It All Away, that was produced by Alchemist that was out like last year. And then the song Jim Dean, those two songs were, have been out for a while, and those were both awesome. Then there was the Primo song that you, I saw you post on oh, Facebook, yeah, it's right? Awesome, 10,000 Hours. Yeah. It was like a very traditional Primo song. Yeah, yeah. Great, it was great. Yeah. I mean, what's better than that? And then just a bunch of other, like, you know, just quality songs, like, kind of woven into, like, a, a, you know, it's a complete album. And it's yeah. Like really good in that way. I got the album I'm waiting I, for. He's one of those guys I go to. Oh, like, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm waiting for a. This guy John Connor has uh, an album yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he's next aftermath, right? He's the next Dre guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, Eminem, Snoop, Kendrick. Yep. Connor's been writing for a lot of them. Yep. And uh his album's done and coming out soon. Yep. If you ever if you ever need like four albums worth of uh shit to listen to, he did like a whole mixtape just Jay Z beats, a whole mixtape just Eminem beats, 
shit like that that are just fucking What's unbelievable. His name again? John, John Connor, Connor, he's like on a Black Thought Eminem, um, big pun, mm. just absolute all time beast Loosely. in every technical component right. of rapping, song concepts, everything. He could be like Jay Electronica, who like doesn't put out shit, but on that level of fucking, to me, like all time MCs, yeah. just based on his mixtapes. And his old albums. If his, if he has like a full Dre produced album that's been worked on for two years, where he recorded two hundred songs and picked the best fifteen, like it should be classic. And I mean, sco has been on John Connor for a long time. He dude, been he's about it for years. He's fucking. There's a reason Dr. Dre signed him. Was like, yeah, yeah. come write an album for me, because uh, he's just that good. Will there ever be a Jay Electronic album? Excited. I mean, it exists. A finished album. I don't know. Because there's a. Because there's like a... Interesting. He's a Rock Nation guy, right? He's oh, yeah, he's Rock Jay-Z. Nation. Yeah, Jay-Z executive produced his album. Has heard the album. I think Jay-Z was like, I want like one or two more so- type of songs on there. And then like, he went back to do that. And then it was done. And it's like, where is it? But along those lines, right? Because here's a guy, for, if you don't know, this guy, Jay Electronica, like blew up kind of like just off one song, yep. Just Blaze, Exhibit yep. C. Yep. It's like the track of the year a couple of years ago had like a yeah. couple underground... 2013 maybe? Yeah. Like that. Had a... Uh, was affiliated with a legendary underground producer, Jay Dilla. Uh, put out a project with him. Worked with a lot of guys behind the scenes. And then people were like, what the fuck? Where's his music? And he like moved to England. Got one of the Rothschilds to leave yes. her husband. Yes. The, r- the wealthiest family in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she left her husband for him. Yep. And he's like in England, and he's like, oh, he's at like pyramids and in Africa, and they're doing this, and like on this extended hiatus, and then he'll like show up with like the Nation of Islam and Louis Farrakhan, like uh, escorting him to a stage, right. and he'll like crush it, and then no one will see him for three right, months. Right, right. But so along those lines, okay, and uh, feel free to skip to the next segment if you don't want to be spoiled. I'm going to spoil you guys. Okay. Dave Chappelle's two most recent uh, third and fourth Netflix specials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even seen the, I haven't seen any of them. Okay, yet. well, I'm going to tell you. I figured you hadn't. So I'm going to tell you the last segment of his last special. Okay. Which was, there's a Netflix one where he's, it's more intimate. Like he's just chain smoking on a stage with like 100 people in a small room. Like at a comedy club somewhere, right? right? And they're asking him. He's talking about um, why he left when his show was so successful. Yeah, sure. And everyone always speculates like, oh, he lost his mind. He went to Africa. It's drugs. He was, had like a $150 million deal with Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And he left like all this money on the table. I never thought that. Can I give you my theory real quick? Go ahead. Is it going to undermine what you're no, doing? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. I always thought it was because um, some of the more harsh social critiques that he was making, the more serious stuff that he was making in his comedy was being uh, revered by people who didn't understand it. Okay. Not not what he says. Okay. You, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Like, I thought you know, that. Like, I thought maybe he was having like creative conflicts with the network I over was the edge. Thinking, like, when, when, like, I, like, it wasn't I, what he intended. I never liked like when I see people like frat culture loved him. Like like with the crackhead. <laughs> Character. Oh yeah, yeah. And like frat culture, loving yeah. the crackhead yeah. character, yeah. with really no understanding of the Point. social consequence yeah. of all of that. Right. You know what I mean? How many lives have been ruined on the strength right. of that? Right. Yeah. And all that, and like, so like, I would see that stuff, and and uh, 
I don't know. I, I it all it often made me think that maybe he thought that people didn't didn't have a get the point didn't get the point of what he was saying. Yeah, were revering it in a way that almost made him like a clown in it. Right. Well, his explanation yep. comes with a story. Okay. Iceberg Slim, the famous pimp. Okay. In the twenties, wrote a book. Okay. Like the art of pimping or something okay. like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he's telling, talking about he had this prostitute, this hoe, in his stable, right? I'm using his words. Okay. Um, a, a, a hoe in his stable of hoes. Yes. I'm just going to keep saying hoe until Greg is so uncomfortable. Uh, no, I'm just, <laughs> Greg's shifting in his seat. He's like, no, sh- shifting. no. I'm just, no, I, no, no, I'm know, just the, fucking with uh, you. I was, I've never been a fan of the uh, glorification uh, of pimp culture. No, I haven't. Uh, yeah. you aren't. Of but course. like. Uh, when Snoop Dogg would be tap dancing for white corporate America. Well, you know, I didn't kid. like, but when I was like 13, I enjoyed it. when I was like 13, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Of course not. Like then it was cool. Of course but when I was like 25, yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait a minute. Like women get beat with pimp canes. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so uh, Iceberg Slim has this hoe who's his number one hoe. Yes. And she wants out. She's like, I'm done. No. Right? And he's made, it's like, makes him a lot of money. But she's had enough. And he was good at evaluating when a woman was at her breaking point. And that there was only so much, she had a lot of mileage is the word he used. Mm -hmm. And there were only so many miles that you could get out of her. Mm -hmm. And it was about how to extract, he had a method for how to extract more miles than really she was capable of. So she would get to her breaking point. This girl got to her breaking point. And he's like, all right, I need you to do one this last. This is human carnage. This, this hurts. is all. This hurts. Oh, I understand. I'm, I'm absorbing everywhere. In You'll see where I'm going. Okay. I wouldn't bring this up. I okay. don't bring this up delicately because okay, okay. it's fucking profound. Okay? okay. So he'd say, okay, there's one thing I need you to do before you go. There's a guy. I need you to take this money in the hotel across the street. Yada, 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 makes up the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. I need you to go do this for me. I just need you to, uh, there's going to be money there. You got to take it. I need you to bring money, blah, 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 blah. She goes, guy dies in the room, right? She calls him. He comes. He's like, all right, I'll call somebody. We'll get rid of the body this guy. Call some guys. They roll him up in a carpet. They come and take the guy out of the carpet. And he says to her, her like basically she's made her like complicit like in this crime and it's the brutality Chappelle's going through an iceberg the brutality of what he's done to this woman and what he has to keep doing there even though she's past her breaking point how to push her past her breaking point where she'll keep going he has to come up with this crazy elaborate thing to do to her how much can she take Oh, he realized she got to a certain point where she can't take anymore, and he wants to push her. So he created this elaborate thing. The guy didn't die. The guys that come to get him, he makes it look like, oh, we own them now. It's going to cost us. This is what it's going to cost, but you're going to have to work it off. Okay? So he basically creates this debt that she owed to these guys who cleaned up the mess that she got involved in where she has to keep working. Yeah. But don't worry, Daddy's got it all set. Iceberg Slim's gonna make it go away. Just another like six months, no problem. You'll be able to take care of this, and we'll get out of this. No one going to jail, nothing like that. And that is why Chappelle quit. 
the audience are the were the prostitutes who were running out of mileage. And he was gauging how much more he could get out of the audience. So he had to do that to them so that there would still be a demand for him. And when you, I'm not doing it justice, but when you watch it, he's basically like, it gets to the end and like he's saying this whole thing and you're like, wait a minute, I'm the whore at my breaking point and he's Iceberg Slim and like, you don't realize, he's telling this whole like, he told a 15 minute version of the story that I told you and he gets to the end, he's like, and that's why I did it. And it's boom, hard cut, end of the fucking stand up. And the balls of him to me is one of the ballsiest things I've ever seen in media, in any kind of medium where he basically is saying to the audience, like, like he was at the peak. Mm. How much more could it have kept going with like the Chappelle show? And he's reading the iceberg slim and he's thinking like, what I need to do, I need to do something crazy to keep the money more, keep the money flowing. Right. So he shut down. He walked out on that deal, right. knowing that if he had just seen that through, that might have been it. Right. But instead, he wanted to, he was pimping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that were the whores. Wow. Yeah. See, I was thought. I you know where I thought you were going with it. The obvious place was that he was the whore. Right. That Holly. No, that's what when pimp. you're watching it, you're thinking and the that same the thing. The money was the elaborate. Right, and that they were trying. But instead, he totally. That the money brought that bought them ownership. Of right. Him. Right. And instead, he was flipping it entirely. Wow. And when you watch him deliver this, like, it is so... Wow. That's my sick. jaw was on the floor wow. after the fucking wow. thing ended. Because he, he tells Incredible. it way better than I told right, it. Right. But it was so... I was just like... Wow. Simultaneously, like, in awe of what he's doing, right. that he had the balls to say it that way. And at the same time, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, right, right. he made a... I'm the whore getting pistol whipped into fucking... Right. Continuing my service. Right. You know? Wow. Well, do you think that there's people who watched it and took offense? I think there are people who watched it. I don't think, think there's people. I think 99% of completely. people completely missed the whole fucking okay. point of what he said. Okay. They would just be watched it and were like, wow, that's a crazy story. This is really interesting. He's setting it all up right, with right, the right. supporting yeah. characters and telling you about Iceberg Slim's right. history and about the book. And he's so eloquent. And it's not a punchline thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Here's Dave Chappelle. It's like 15 minutes straight of just like straight Wikipedia about Iceberg Slim and the anecdote about the, and then it just gets to the end and he's like, and that's why I quit. Wow. Boom. End of the special. Just like that. Wow. Made me think like, I don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, if he's yeah, coming yeah, back, right, right, right. like, you know, he came back, he made like what is 40 million for right, four, right. I'm sure. his yeah. four Netflix yeah, things, yeah, you know? Um, wow. And I and that was another thing. Like I guarantee, ninety nine out of a hundred people who watch that special just got the, like the Wikipedia yeah, part yeah, of it, yeah. but totally didn't wow. understand what he was saying about the relationship right, right, right. between him and the audience, right. wow. and how he's like pimping the shit out of his wow. audience, right. wow. <laughs> putting them through it. He had to put them through it so that they'd come back for more. But don't you think he's pimping the shit out of fame? Well, yeah, I'm Same not saying difference. that. Yeah, I don't think he's. He's looking at fame as a argu- brand. Was that the argument, though, that he was saying? Was was he overtly saying that you're the prostitute in this? Yes. Wow. Yeah, the audience. Like, right. he didn't say... Like, it wasn't open to interpretation. No. Okay, okay. You but, get what I'm saying? Yes, like, but yeah. it was such a hard cut, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he didn't go on to explain yeah, 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 yeah. in detail to people who... 
like I said, they don't realize that yeah. they're being told this. Right. They think they're just being told the story, story. story. and the story itself right. is interesting. It would sure. make for a film, right? Sure. But then do tack it on and say, and that's what's happening right now. Ninety nine percent of people wow. totally missed what his it's point amazing. was. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's an interesting self awareness. Like you, I wondered, like, well, was it necessary? Would it have? You know, Seinfeld didn't do that. Did you? And then comes back with like comedians in cars with coffee, right. and he signs and like, yeah, yeah. like once you're right. on, you're on. Do you? Did you begrudge him at all? You got the you got the you got the punchline. That's not a punchline, but you got the essence of what he was saying. Well, yes, but and it was part where were you were you did you begrudge him because he was lumping you in with? Well, there audience? is no lumping in. Just because I got it and some people didn't, right? But doesn't make me, right? It doesn't change the relationship, right? Between me and him or them and him, right? Right, right. It's just a question of. That's how he felt about the whole thing. I mean, it's basically if someone's saying like you're a whore and I'm pimping you, and that's what's going on right now. Right. I'm up here making. Yeah. I'm up here pimping you. Right. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in awe from him having the balls to say oh, that. Oh, it's got a ton of balls. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, was it classless? It's kind of like... You get what I'm saying. So, like, did okay. you begrudge him it, or were you, like, fucking right on? Yeah, it's kind of like... You get what I'm saying? If I were to, like, say here and be like, I could make an argument about, like, branding and social media and, like, corporatism yeah. and, like, all that stuff, right? The downside of all of it. And what am I doing right now? I Like, you know, we're part yeah. of G-Code and, right, like, right. we believe in what we're doing right, and, like, sure, comes sure, from sure. the heart. Right, right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't fit into... Of course. That someone couldn't make those blanket arguments right, that, that... Sure, yes, we are selling something. Right, it's course. not free. No, no, you know what course. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, there are things we do that are free, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. No, no, I when you break... That. When you get down to it, it's like a business venture. It's not a charity. No, of course And not. what he's doing is a business. It's right, not a course. charity. Right, of course. And it's... I think it says something about... Like, I wonder if, like... He's the one honest guy selling a product who says this is what's happening. Right. Of course. Yeah. Is That's that the same mentality that like the the board of Pfizer has? Right. Probably that you're just all pit and they're thinking like, yeah. how can we get one more uh, doctor to give one more script of one more drug? How can we stretch it right. out? We'll give you something that makes you sick, and then we'll give you the cure. Yeah. Right. You Dude, know the way you explained it is just like he was on. People were like, he's on. Let's you know, let's get him to do this gig, this gig, yeah. this gig, and he was like. Fuck that. I'm fucking pimping all you guys. Well, him thinking like, man, is. I'm at the top right now. If I don't go out now, right. I'm going to be on the downside slumming it in fucking comedy clubs, right, like right, begging. Right, right. I'll be Gilbert Godfrey in right, 15 right, years. Right, right. Or I could do some crazy <laughs> shit right now. Like if Lauren Hill came out with a brand new fucking album right now, the whole world would go fucking nuts because right, right, yeah. she just totally stopped. Right. People, she did one album basically and right. people still go to see her. If she, yeah, yeah. It's not the status quo. Right, because it it people think like, oh man, I would never stop doing that. If that were me, right. and I had a chance, I'd never walk away. Right, and that's not humanity. Like you might. Right, of course. You know, people get mad because their favorite musician like doesn't want to make another album. Like, they're a person. Yeah. They can't just hit a button and you're in that mode. You know, I'd love for Outkast to come out with a new right. fucking album, but yeah. you can't. You know. Right, right. I mean, I always felt that way about D'Angelo. 
You know, D'Angelo yeah. uh, was not very was incre- everything he's ever done to me has been incredible, but right. it's not prolific. Right. You know. And then he came back and did an album and yeah, it yeah. like won everything. Yep. Because people were so desperate. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it, right. So part of it's human, uh, just the the capacity for someone to create on that level for. It's interesting. Un- an unlimited amount, but then the other part of it is just. Uh, Somebody with such uh, to be so candid about the relationship. You have to watch. I th- I definitely wa- recommend watching the host special. It's very like self aware. Right. It didn't come out in the. It wasn't out of left field that he struck this note at the end. Right. Because the whole thing is like people get offended by some of the stuff I do. Let me tell you what I think comedy is. Right. What my goal is when I get up here. Yeah. yeah. What I think about what people think about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Let me get into all that. Like. Everything. People think I'm rough on transsexuals. Let me tell you what right, I think right. about that. Like, yeah. it was like him dealing with like the topic of Dave Chappelle, right? A lot yep. and comedy. Yep. So it wasn't totally out of left field. It was very analytical and profound at points. But the last ten minutes of to me was one of the craziest things I ever saw, like in a stand up wow. or anything. Wow. You know, it, it would be like if the president said that. Right. Right. Sure. You'd be like, <laughs> what? Right. 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 <laughs> you know, you're with us. It's not Granted, too, it's not too far off. Yeah. I mean. I'm sure there's another State, State of the Union tonight. Depth. Oh, God. So there you go. Cut to black. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I recommend it. Sorry for spoiling it, guys. But uh, that's it nope. for the first half of the Squadcast. We will have a special guest. Yeah, very special. the second special. part coming right up. And we'll be checking in with you guys soon. Peace. What's up, everybody? This is Sko, and I got some exciting G-Code news for you this week. We will be back at the Arnold. That's right, the Arnold Fitness Expo. This year, it is Thursday, March 1st through Sunday, March 4th. We will be there at booth 629 at the Columbus Convention Center. We need more space this year because we got a lot of girthy heathens who will be in attendance. At least two dozen girthy mountains will be wedged into a 20-foot by 10-foot space. That's the G-Code family of revolutionaries of gym rats, titans of the iron. will be there slang and vice, slang and rise. We will have limited edition swag, giveaways, and uh, speaking of big things, keep an eye out for a big announcement coming soon. It's going to tie into our booth at the Expo, so definitely check in every day on Instagram and Facebook because uh, we got some big things planned for 2018. Like I said... Rise, Vice, Swag, the whole crew. Hope to see you there. Booth 629 at the Arnold this year in Columbus. And now back to the squad cast with a very special guest this week. And we are back on the squad cast. Hey, so we have a special guest today. Yeah. Um, it's nice when we have guests because it's not it's not that often. It's a lot a lot of time. It's just the three of us talking to each other. So right. it's nice to have uh, right. have a, a special guest um, yes. today. We have a, a boxing luminary, um, okay, Harold the Shadow Knight. Hey, what's up, hey. fellas? Yeah. Um. So it's very cool to have you, man, because we're we're like uh, lifelong boxing fans. Right. Um. So like an opportunity to have somebody who's like a little bit outside of our wheelhouse because everything we talk about, not everything we talk about, but like the core of of our brand is largely about. Um, you know, weight training in the right. gym and, 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 you know, and everything that that touches, whether it's 
bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, whatever kind of right. strength training, right? right. Um, but uh, we are guys who grew up as as boxing fans, you know. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody like you with the experience you've had um, be here is is awesome. Well, I, I'm humbled just to be part of you guys, but be here at the G-Code offices. Hey, yeah, the underground bunker. Hey, man. Off the grid. It, it, it's a beautiful place to me. It looks good here. It really hey, does. Hey, man. Appreciate that. So thank you for appreciate having that. me. Um, we, uh, I first met you at, uh, we did a demo for G-Code at uh, Yeti MMA, right. which was a place I was really impressed by. Yes. It's like uh, pretty much like a facility uh, here in North Jersey that sort of, um, uh, you know, we're, we're from South Jersey, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis yeah. is from New Brunswick, Piscataway yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, we're from uh, originally from the Atlantic City area. Okay. Uh, Skull lived in Queens for a long time. Uh, so we're, we're tri-state guys. Right. Um, but uh, I, Yeti brought us, you know, way up to North Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so impressed by the, um, the fact that the, in this one compound, mm-hmm. there was sort of uh, physical culture in all of its forms, right? So there was... Uh, wrestling and jujitsu, there was strength training, and then uh, you know various martial arts, and then there was a legitimate boxing gym there mm-hmm. that you are the the head of, right? Yes, sir. So talk to talk to me about that. You're not, and there's another boxing uh, luminary who's there with you as well, or at least he was when I was there. Yes, right? Jerry right. Cooney. Yes. Yeah, Jerry Cooney. Well, man. Jerry That's Cooney. No joke. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jerry Cooney was there. Uh, good friend. Um, you know, we're, we're Yeti MMA Shadow Boxing Academy is located 2507. Route 22 West, uh, Scotts Plains, New Jersey. Right. And, yes, we we definitely have a, a lot of good programs there. Obviously, I do the knuckle game. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I call it, knuckle game. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you got to where you are right. now, and your track record, and just your backstory, right. your rise. Because so you have, like, two prominent careers in yes. boxing. Two yeah, different very ones, unique. Two yeah. different yeah. things that you yeah. really yeah. did, excelled in, in the boxing sphere. So yeah. talk about that. Well, you know, God has blessed me uh, to, this is my calling. You know, I started boxing when I was nine, nine years old, 1973, wow. Wow. Uh, into 73, 74. So uh was about 44 years, something like that, wow. and counting. So I thank God for that. And then uh, as an amateur, I had 116 amateur fights, wow. um, uh, 103 wow. and 13. Wow. And, um, you know, I lost to um, some of the best. Well, I wasn't the best, but I lost to some of the best. I lost to Pernell Whitaker, wow. mm-hmm. who's still a good friend. Uh, um, and some of the other top guys. So I was fortunate to uh, have a pretty decent amateur career. And then that segue right into my professional career. Okay. And I had some good people behind me, right. uh, good management, good trainers. And it, and it and you guys are basically athletes too. It comes from within though. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You got to be able to want to do this yourself. You got to get up in the morning and run when it's snowing, when it's raining, on your own. You got to yeah. have that fire. Yes, you got to have that fire. That's one reason why I'm here with G Code because yeah. that's what we do. We, we bring fire. I just want to point out that yes. Sean John hat. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that too. Thanks. Man. Well, appreciate it. All right. So, yeah. a couple of things. First of all, uh, yeah. I want to point out the Kronk sweatshirt. Oh, so, man. talk about talk yeah. about Kronk. Talk about Detroit and and that the the, the heritage there and yeah. what what you did there and what you learned there. Right. Right. Well, it it all you know it, it's like a circle. Everything's come comes back around. Right. And then 
you know, when I was able to turn professional, yeah. I had a pretty uh, pretty good, decent career as right. a professional, 20, 19 and 1. Uh-huh. 20 professional fights, 19 and 1. My right. only loss was against the world champion, Rocky Lockridge, mm. back in 1988 on Wild World of Sports, wow. ABC. Oh, wow. Alex Waller was the uh, um, commentator at that time. Wow. Uh, and it also was one of the last 15 rounders ever contested. Wow. Uh, so uh, I was fortunate to be part of that circle. And, um, you know, um, I had to, uh, I was blessed to uh, have Emmanuel Stewart as one of my uh, mentors, not only a friend, but mentor. Mm-hmm. And I met Emmanuel Stewart way back in 1977. I met him and Tommy Hearns. By the way, Tommy Hearns is my favorite fighter okay. other than Muhammad yeah, Ali. Okay. Yeah, Ali is fair. the greatest. That's a fair, man. And Tommy Hearns. So you take Tommy Hearns over Hagler and Leonard? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think because, I do, too. Yes, because... <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. because I met him... He came to Plainfield. Him and Emmanuel Stewart came to Plainfield before he even became world champion. Wow. Yeah. And so I was a 13-year-old kid, yeah, and I was all Google oh, eyes looking yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah, and he, we took pictures. So um, that's how I first met Emmanuel Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd be remiss without mentioning uh, my trainer, my coach, my uh, disciplinarian, my um, uh, uh, father figure, the late John Davenport, who and him and Emmanuel Stewart were very good friends. Okay. And that's how I became to know Emmanuel Stewart. Not only that, but st- being a student of the game yeah, of boxing. Because yeah, sure. yeah. if you're a student, you're going to know Emmanuel Stewart yeah, of course. in the Cronk Gym. And yeah, uh, yeah. we've had some uh, good tutelage, uh, good training uh, uh, over in the Cronk Gym yeah. with, his, with, with uh, when Lennox Lewis went up there, because you know Emmanuel Stewart was uh, Lennox's yeah, trainer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so we went up there and... Uh, you got to bring the fire when you go up to Detroit, yeah, period. It, man. Of course, so, man. It's yes. one of the great American cities, man. Oh, one man. Of the great American oh, cities. Oh, definitely, definitely. As well as the gym. Yeah. So, uh, well, the gym, the, and the, right, the gym, which is an institution, sort of, yes. to me at least, it's like emblematic of what Detroit is. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I get it. Yeah, well, boxing, what it does, it see, the beauty about boxing, it, it transcends sports. Yeah, right. You understand? So. It transcends color. Yeah, it yeah. transcends re- religions. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's universal. Yeah. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I was over in China. They didn't, I didn't speak no Chinese or no Mandarin. Yeah. But, but. You spoke me, boxing. Exactly. Yeah, right, and sure. they knew what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I knew what they was talking yeah, about through boxing. So, course. like I said, I will continue to. Uh, say that I've been blessed and thank God that bo- I mean I uh, started when I was nine and it and boxing is not all about just boxing what it does it motivates and inspires and for encourages sure. people that never ever thought they would be in boxing right you course. know what I mean and everyone let me say everyone's not going to be made everyone's not made to be a boxer sure yeah. But what it does, it helps on your everyday life. Right. Of Whereas with the yeah. discipline, yeah, yeah. with the sacrifice, yeah, with yeah. getting up early, with when you feel like giving up and you keep pushing. So uh, boxing had, and, and, and plus it gets you in shape. Right, of course. Mentally of as course. well as physically. Of so uh, I'm signing up tomorrow. Oh, man, man I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and and the idea, right? Like, and yes. that's, you know, that's what, a, you know, uh, I've been lifting weights since I was 15 years old. And it's right. like, it's, it's. I have that same passion for that, just yes. the idea of that it can really transform someone's life. Yes. Um, just th- through the ideas of consistency. Yes. And what Principles. It is to, right. Yes. What it is yes. to sort of just go back to a place over and over again with goals in mind and, and what it is to sort of get in touch with that, the, the, to have the physical be in touch with the spiritual, mm. right? And and to sort of have that calling every day and it becomes just a part of your lifestyle, yes. right? Yes, You know, does. boxing to you isn't isn't uh, isn't a hobby, isn't a thing you do. It is who you are yes. at this yes. point, right? Yes, Exactly. It's a passion. I mean, 
mean, I, I love what I do. And what an amazing thing, right? For for how many years now? Oh, Have you 40, been in the game? 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 years. 44 years to be, yes. you know, neck deep in your passion. It's yes. amazing. I love what I do. I mean, I love it so much. If I didn't, if if uh, I could do this without getting paid for it, I would do of it. Course. Yeah, bills of course. bills have to be paid. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> right. well, yeah. Because at the end of the day, beginning and at the end of the day, it's a business. Of course, of course. It's a business. So uh, I've just been fortunate and, um, and blessed to be able to still be in the game, to still be uh, uh, involved in the circle at a higher level yeah, yeah, yeah. with the, yeah. obviously what, one of the greatest champions ever, Lennox Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, um, to be able to know the Mike Tysons, sure. to be able to uh, know the Larry Holmes, yeah. to know mm-hmm. the Jerry Cornies, yeah. and to know these guys on first name right, basis. Sure, of course. Right. And so, and to be able to have that respect and that camaraderie in the mm-hmm. circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my highest uh, excuse me. Compliments was, uh, excuse me, was when the late uh, great Lou Duva. Excuse mm, me, he yeah. he said to me, and this was in years ago when we was in London and Lennox was fighting Francois both at defending yeah, one of sure. his titles, and Lou Duva said to me, and he's right from Jersey. Yeah, I know his whole family. Yeah. Uh, God bless his uh, his other son uh, Dan Duva. He was the mastermind behind main events. Obviously, his wife Kathy Duva yeah. uh, runs main event, but. Um, Lou Duva said to me, he said, Shadow, you know, um, I know you're the assistant trainer, but I know you run this right yeah, here. Sure. I know you <laughs> do all the dirty work. You're the point man. Sure. Yeah. And, and and he was absolutely correct in regard to being a point man, yeah. being a, being the assistant, being assistant coach, because yeah. to be from a, to be uh, learning from the sage. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like Emmanuel Stewart. Like what greater mentor could oh, come man. across, of course. When yeah. he came aboard with Lennox yeah. Lewis, and I've known him way before that, sure. yeah. uh, all I can do is, all I can do is sit back, look, and listen. Yeah, of and course. And don't say a word. Right, of course. <laughs> and absorb everything. Again, absorb right? everything like a sponge. All right, yeah. so so you brought up, you brought up yes. Lennox, and you brought up, you, you yes. mentioned Mike as well, right? So, yes. like, I think about, like, my formative years, right, and, and us watching the, the fights on pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Illegal, yeah. Illegally, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> watching the fights on pay-per-view, right, yeah. in my living room. and uh, I didn't hear that, though. How, no, 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 The statute of limitations might yes. have run out on that. <laughs> but um, when we sit there and we think about, like, uh, when I think of the golden age of boxing, and I know, like you know, in the '70s when you had right. you know Ali and Frazier oh, and, and Norton and and, th- and right. those guys, right? I, I know about how important that is, and I know about right. you know the eras before it and how right. critical they are. But I hold a place in my heart for the the late '80s and early '90s, right. and Lennox and Mike yes. and Riddick yes. and Evander. Evander, yeah. oh, right? man. I, I and I was an Evander. I was an Evander guy. Oh. I, lo- I loved all of them, but yes. I was an Evander guy. Yes. Do you think Evander won the second fight against Lennox? No. No. <laughs> who was the only guy who was hurt in that fight at any point? Lennox was the only guy who was hurt in that fight. I'll say it to this day. I think Lennox definitely won the first one. In the second <laughs> one, I thought I thought Evander had him. I thought Evander had him in the, well, in the second one. Well, I will say, you know, I'm not going to agree to <laughs> of it. Of course not. But, of course not. But I will say, though, that second fight, Lennox only won that by one point. Okay. You understand one yeah, point? Yeah. That means one of point. Sure, hey, of that means one punch. Of yeah. course. That's how close yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously the first fight, Stevie won and knew we won yeah. that fight. Oh, very much so. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? So, so yeah. karma, yeah. karma, karma comes back to you. Yeah, you understand yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And so, but once again, uh uh Evania is he's been one of the greatest champions yeah. and great human being. Yeah. Um uh, 
doing that. So I, I'm I'm gonna write a book later on. Yeah. Because Lennox and Holyfield did not get along at all. Wow. Mm. They did not like each wow. other uh-huh. during their careers. Yeah, yeah. But now they're friends. Sure, of yeah. course. Mm. That That's the beauty happens. of yeah, it. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis yeah, did not yeah, get along yeah. at all. Yeah. But they're friends now. Yeah. Yeah. If you fo- if you was if you guys follow. Uh, some of the stories that Deontay Wilder was saying sure, recently yeah, that yeah. he could beat Mike Tyson. Yeah, Guess who now. defended him? Yeah, Lennox yeah, Lewis. Yeah, sure. yeah. Lennox Lewis said, no way. Don't. Yeah, yeah. And him and Deontay Wilder are good friends. Yeah, sure. And Lennox teaches him some, you know, a right. couple moves. Yeah. But he told Deontay Wilder, don't say that about Mike yeah, Tyson because yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing, right? Because like, there's two Tysons, right? Yes. There's Tyson before jail and Tyson yes. after jail, right? Yes. Like, and Tyson never fought those other three guys before jail. Yes. Before Buster, before yes. jail. Right. He never fought those guys. And yes. you, you always kind of, I always think like there's. It's a missing. Yeah, I this guy like knows chess. his boxing. Well, no, no, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> we lived it, man. It was back then. It, it yeah, was we, the best, the best yes. time. You know, yeah. at least as we see it. For yes. me, it was like one of the best times. Events. Ever, yes. You yeah. know, it was yeah. a real event. And, uh, you know, I, I always think like Tyson fought, you know, um, uh, Tyson fought Holyfield and Lennox yes. and had real trouble with both of those guys. Yes, you know after jail. And I yes. always wonder what it would have been like if those guys had met prior. Oh, because there because Mike, Mike before he went to jail was a, Mike, a machine. Not man. only was a machine, not only was a beast, a but he carried everyone on his shoulders. Because yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. followed Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. everyone related to Mike. Right, sure. Whether you came from humble yeah, beginnings yeah, yeah. or whether yeah. just the rawness yeah, of yeah. I'm going to take your head off. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, saying all that, that that before Mike Tyson went to jail, yeah. uh, actually he was supposed to fight Holyfield yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. way yep. back, and this is when, oh yeah, that's when I think Mike Tyson got hurt, I think, okay. the first yeah, time before yeah, they yeah. was fighting, yeah. and then Holyfield ended up fighting Michael Moore right, 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 right. for okay. the title, yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. And, lo- and lost to Michael Moore, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, he lost to Michael Crazy. Moore. And then uh, former uh, B. Moore. Yeah, the, knocked yes. Moore out cold. That yes, was unbelievable. Exactly. So yes. And so you 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 definitely know your boxing because back in the day we we you know we all used to get you know Christmas gloves. Everyone got Christmas gloves, okay. boxing gloves for Christmas. Yeah. And you and your brother, your cousin or your neighbor, yeah, you went outside yeah, in the backyard yeah, yeah. and you went to go boxing yeah. on the street. I had the Frank, I had the Franklin, I had the Franklin Sugar Ray Leonard ones. Yes, <laughs> and it, yes. and it had the little platform that you yes. stood on yes. and the speed bag that was yes. on the pole. Yes. <laughs> so you guys, you know, the, the we all been brought up on sure, the boxing, sure, sure. Yeah. brought up on the boxing. So you guys are well in tune and yeah. know your boxing. And, and going back to before Mike Tyson went to jail, yeah. I mean, uh, um, you know, when he first got out of jail, well, for yeah, when he first got out of jail, he fought, uh, um, um, I think it was Tom McNeely. Peter yeah. McNeely. Peter yeah. McNeely. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, you know. <laughs> yeah, but before Mike went to jail, yeah, he was, I'm not going to say done, but his good days was really you behind him. him right? yeah. You know, because okay. Frank Bruno, he fought Frank Bruno. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, Frank had him hurt. Right, sure. But, you know, Mike, he has that short neck. Yeah, yeah. And Mike was definitely in shape. And Mike didn't care. Right. Yeah, Mike didn't right. care. He, he 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 was a terror. So... Uh, well, it was like, you know, and this is just my read on it. Yeah. From the, from the outside, you probably have way more insight, right? Yeah. But it was like, you know, there was um, Customato, Kevin Rooney Tyson, said, right? Oh, man. And then there's... But then there's... You know the more the Don King era, yeah, Mike Tyson, and I felt like he lost he lost his way, 
You know, and that, and that was you never never would have lost to Buster Douglas. Yeah, yeah. And listen, Buster Douglas, I remember that fight, man. I was like twelve years old, yeah. right? And I was watching it at a restaurant with my folks. It was on the yeah. screen. They had the closed circuit, yeah. and it was the craziest thing ever to see. It was it no one like could believe it. It seemed like it was yeah. something that was impossible. Yeah. Yeah. For Mike it was Tyson David lose, Goliath. For yeah. Mike Tyson to lose, it seemed impossible. But yeah. Buster Douglas was yeah. a bad, was a badass man. He was it no was, joke. It was one in you a know? moment. It was one in a moment. Whereas you never, it's unfor- I don't want to connect it, but it's yeah. one in a moment. It's just like nine one one. You never forgot where you was at. Oh yeah, of course. When the planes hit the building. Yeah, So, so when when uh, Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson, yeah. I had just moved to London. Wow. This was January nineteen ninety. Yep. I yeah. never forgot. Yeah, yeah. of course. Because I was sitting there watching it by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was one of the moments that you never forget. It you seemed never like forgot. it couldn't be true. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, well, no, 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 no. Yeah. This must be wrong yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think of what an example of it would be like right now but it's just like it seemed like an impossible thing yes because it never it maybe if it, it would be like fluid maybe losing or getting knocked right, out right, you sure, can sure, maybe sure. Right, right, right. maybe yeah, yeah, put yeah. it somewhere yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but you know you definitely know your boxing because during that time uh uh um with with buster douglas uh um buster douglas actually well, he wasn't. Well, yeah, he was winning the fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was winning the yeah, fight, yeah. and then when he got knocked down, yeah, yeah. he really didn't want to get up. Right. But un- unfortunately, he had lost his mom right, before right. he went. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have that fire of in course, you to say, you know what? I have nothing I to reserved. lose. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And yeah. so uh, when that happened, obviously now it's like the bully has been slayed. Yeah. So now we say, hey, maybe I can beat Mike Tyson right, right now. Right, sure. Every since after that fight, yeah. but. Uh, uh, and I will. I, I like you because you know boxing. <laughs> I know a little <laughs> bit. I don't know that no, much, but no, I know a little I bit. I said it because you sure. say you brought custom model up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with yeah. Mike Tyson and yeah. custom model, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson and custom model, they go way back. Right. Lennox went and sparred with Mike Tyson right. when they were and with Mike. Well, they were still amateurs. Okay, right, right. And oh, wow. back then, years ago, and I have the picture. I'm gonna right, right. send it to yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Custom model said to Mike and Lennox yeah. Lewis, "You will be fighting wow. each other wow. yeah. in the future." Yeah. Wow. Custom model yeah. said that yeah. years ago. That kind of raw talent. It was obvious so, so, for a guy like that. Yes, it was obvious. So yeah. you know, uh, but like like I said, Mike, you know, he was one of the guys that just uh, and he's a good guy. Right, Lennox right. and Mike are very good friends right yeah. now, okay. and uh, um, you know, just to be knowing these guys and 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 uh, talk with Mike. Sure, sure. Yeah. I've talked with Mike a few times yeah. and. Uh, He's just a pleasure to be with, as yeah. well as Lennox. And I'm going to yeah. try to get Lennox on our podcast, hey, his hey, podcast. Yeah, Believe what I tell you. That would be pretty crazy. He was on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, I do a podcast yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Wow. The Shadow Show, and he was on it. So I'm going to try to get him on. That uh, would be incredible. Yes. That would be incredible. That would be something. I, I, uh, the one thing, because I, you know, I feel like, you know, we, when the fight, there's like certain fights that come up and you pay attention to them, right? right? And it's like, you know, but it just... It, it doesn't feel the same, right? Yeah. And I, I, I know that your passion is there, and it probably yes. never wavered at all. So there's yeah. like things that you love so much that it, it's yes. never, you know, it, yeah. it, it never, it never diminishes to you. So like, who are the modern fighters that you get excited about watching? Are there guys who are fighting right now that that you get pumped up to watch? Oh, and, yes. and maybe those are some of the guys that we should be watching because like I know like uh, Canelo. The yeah. Canelo mm-hmm. Triple, Triple G, G fight that, that yeah. was that was yeah. a great fight. Yeah. Well, they had the rematch on May fifth. You know. I heard about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you think about that first fight? Who'd you think? I I I, I had uh, Triple G winning it close, but it it, it could have went. Excuse me. It could have went either way. Right. It wouldn't yeah, have been. You know. It wouldn't have been no shame if could have went either way. Right. But um, Canelo, he did show a lot because he did. 
He caught a lot of his shot. He slipped a lot. I mean, he rolled a lot of his shot. Yeah. And he fired back. He 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 finished strong. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He really finished strong. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was thinking, and including myself, that he would uh, Triple G would go right through Canelo. Right, right, right. But Canelo, he held his own yeah. and some. Yeah, yeah, yeah and sure. some. So, uh, um, you know, that fight was pretty good. But yeah. what really uh, the fighters that I look at now, yeah. you have the Terrence Crawfords, mm -hmm. guys like that. Right. Them, you know, Terrence yeah. Crawfords, the Earl Spence, obviously the Lomachenkos. Mm -hmm. He's the Matrix. Right. Um, you know, you have uh, guys that, um, you know, um, Anthony Joshua. He's definitely the champion. Right. You have, you know, Deontay Wilder, right. but um, I like to look at the undercards before the main event, sure, yeah. sure. because that's, that's where the where rising it, talents come from, right? Exactly, because yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone, whether you become the champion or not, everyone starts at right. the bottom on the yep. way up. Right. So, you know, I I really like the Terrence Crawfords, them guys like that. These are the guys to watch. Okay. Right now. The guy okay. I see that you know. Um, they talk about you know potentially being one of the best pound for pound and the best one of the best of his era, but I, and I mean obviously the record says it, but I I've never watched him and got excited watching was Andre Ward. What do you I, think? Is it just that he's that much better than everybody else that it that's why it's not exciting? I told you this guy knew. <laughs> no, no, I do that. Andre, sometimes oh, yeah. that happens. Yeah, yeah. Andre I mean, Floyd Ward. And his, a lot of yeah, his competition. Right, yeah. You know, a lot of those fights are boring. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. It's like no, he just outboxed the guy for eight out, eight rounds. Yeah. It's yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to the eyes of a, uh, and I say this humbly, the yeah, yeah. eyes of a guy that's passionate and the, the purest. Yeah. 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 He's built it's like a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's he's like wow. Michelangelo. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He that's how Andre Ward is because yeah, yeah. the mm. things that he do is things that uh how can I say he's like a he's like a Roy Jones. Yeah, that's he's like example. a Roy yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does he does everything exceptionally well. Right. Not great. Right, right. Yeah. But his his mistakes is still above and beyond the right. regular guys. Well, right. I mean, that's what I used to think about Roy, is that Roy Jones was so awesome to watch, but Roy Jones, it seemed like the, there wasn't competition for him. Yeah, It, it was no competition. Well, that he, he blew would, everybody out. That's what I'm saying, and, that there was nobody around it during his era to, like... It's funny how, well, like, that said, becomes, like, a point of criticism. Right, for, like, yes. for Roy back then, it was yeah. like, oh, who did Roy fight? Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's not and Roy's fault, fault that he's right. beating everyone. <laughs> right, right, that's right. true. So right. handedly... And it's, like, it's rare that Lennox and Riddick and Mike and all those guys are all contemporaries. At their peak at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like that's why it's so special yeah, when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Man. And then, mind you, with the Roy Jones, he, mind you, he went up from middleweight all the way up to heavyweight. Right. Yeah. He beat Johnny Ruiz for the heavyweight championship. Mm, right. Yeah. You know, and then unfortunately, he made the mistake of going back down to 175 right, right, when right, he fought right. Antonio Tarver. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Antonio see, Tarver. Wow. And, and it all connects because when he went up, he went from middleweight, won the middleweight championship, light heavyweight yeah. championship. Straight up to the heavyweight yeah. championship. That was always crazy to me when he was fighting at heavyweight. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. But, I mean? but, but he had Mackie Shieldstone. Mackie Shieldstone, that's what it, it, it's a circle comes right. back around. Mackie Shieldstone was one of the ones that got him up to 205 pounds, right. mm. solid, yeah. no yeah. fat, yeah. muscle, yeah. and he kept his speed. He yeah. kept his endurance. He kept his power. Right. And you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the beauty. Well, you felt like you felt like that Roy was fighting going up to heavyweight because there was he ran out of people to fight and he was looking for a challenge. He was looking I mean? for a challenge. Yeah. And, I mean, a paycheck, and a paycheck, obviously. And a, a paycheck. paycheck. Yeah, yeah. History. I, I, I reason to watch. You had to see him do something new. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, so they yeah. kept he kept going up and up yeah. and yes. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he, he he did history. He made history. Yeah. And 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 uh, and then he went back down and obviously fought Antonio Tarver right. tw two times. You know, the first time though. He fought Antonio Tarver. He won the fight, though. 
Right. The first fight. Yeah. He I won by decision. Okay. Yes. He won by decision. Then the second I fight. Tarver, Tarver won the gold medal, right? Tarver no, Tarver. No, Tarver. He went. I think he went to the. I think he went to the Atlanta Olympics when the Olympics okay, was yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he medaled, but nine, he didn't win the gold. Six. Mm. Okay, he didn't win okay, the gold. Okay, okay. If you remember, Floyd was in the Atlanta Olympics also. He, wow, he got yeah, the bronze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. same year. Yes, yeah. yes. So, uh, 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 but with uh, Roy Jones, I mean, he went when he went back down, yeah. that's when he lost muscle mass. And when right, you sure, lose sure, muscle sure. mass, you lose the... the uh, uh, you know, to be able to catch punches sure, or sure, sure. Right. to absorb punches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's when he got knocked out. So, uh, mm. but uh, Roy Jones, he's one of he's he was one of the seven wonders of the world, yeah. like uh, a Floyd Mayweather, yeah. like mm. uh, uh, um, a Lomachenko. Right, right. Mm -hmm. These guys, they know they eat, sleep, and drink this stuff, yeah, and they yeah. do it the yeah. Andre Ward. So, what you know, you, what's your opinion of Floyd? I like Floyd. He's one of the best, but he's not. You, uh, in order to be called the greatest. You got to be able to fight guys like Sugar Ray Leonard for it when they were bigger. Yeah, they were they were hit harder. Right, they can they definitely can. They, you know they they can outbox yeah. you. Flo you know, don't get me wrong. Boxing is about maximum gain, minimum risk. Sure, yeah. of course. But, that's what people lose sight yes. of. I think they want these right. But yes. there's a difference between a successful career, yes. based on that, and then when you're talking like greatest of all time, when yeah, you're putting yeah, somebody, you yeah, have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. You have to evaluate correct. that aspect of their career. Floyd's you know, who a did you great fight? businessman. Right. Yeah. He's a you great businessman. But you got to be able to fight the Paul Williams when right. Paul Williams right. was at sure, his peak. Sure, sure, right. Yeah. You got to be able to fight the Antonio Margaritos when right. they're at their peak. Yeah, yeah. Not when they're done. Yeah. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? Not when they're on, on the other side of the mountain. Right. Manny, so, too, right? Yeah. Manny, exactly. Yeah. Man, that fight should have happened so much sooner, eight, man. Eight years earlier. Yeah. Six, or, uh, yeah, six, I wish for the earlier. sport's sake that it yeah, had because yeah. everyone yeah. was so desperate for that fight yeah. for so yes. long. Yeah. Yes. I just, I, it always bothered yes. me that yeah. we, they couldn't put it together. You know? Yeah, so that's why Floyd, he's one of the best ever, but to be ordered to be called great, yeah. like the, uh, the Ray Leonard's, like the Ali's, you yeah. got to, you know, Ali was knocked down. You had, uh, he pulled victory out of the jaws yeah. of defeat. Yeah. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? To right. come back. Yeah. You know, to have your jaw broke. You're talking intang intangible. Yes. And, things and that, you're yeah. talking 15 rounds. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. when you can test yourself against uh, fighters that don't care who you are, yeah. that, 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 you know, you can be down five, six rounds and come back and knock them out. Sure, sure, sure. That defines greatness. Yeah, of course. I, I, I like Floyd. I really do. Floyd is one of the best, you know what I mean? But in recall, in recall, in, in to be called the greatest, you got to be able to, uh, um, you know, do show the more, impossible. Right, yeah. You got to be able to, you know, do the impossible. And uh, I just felt he didn't fight. The Miguel Cotto's right, at his yeah, prime. Yeah, yeah. Right. He didn't fight the guys at his prime. Oh, yeah, wasn't at his prime. At yeah. the yeah. primes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was all business moves. Right, sure. You of understand course, what I'm saying? Course. Business yeah. moves because, you know, Floyd, he's almost a billionaire. Yeah, so he's, he's no fool, it was man. a good business move. Look, on that, if you're evaluating through that lens, yeah. then he did everything right. Yeah. If yes. you're looking at it through the lens of competition yeah. yes. and uh, legacy, yes, you know, it might well, be a up thing. for the debate. Well, yeah. sorry, so somebody that that uh, Floyd whooped up on, but uh, the probably one of Mark's favorite fighters, if not his favorite fighter ever. What, what did you think of the Gotti Ward fights? <laughs> I was at that fight. <laughs> which, oh yeah, which, I was at the fight. Which yeah. one? Uh, the Gaddy Floyd fight. Oh, I was there too. I was there too. Yeah, yeah. In one thing, yeah. God bless Gaddy. So one thing I say about him. 
he always came to fight. Yeah. And I will say, when he became big and yeah. fighting in Atlantic City, yeah. he knew how to bring the people out. Oh, for yeah. sure. He that brought the people out. Yeah. I will say the yeah, convention yeah. center would be sold out yeah, yeah. because of Gaddy. Those, those, the trilogy with, with Mickey Ward. Were, oh, man, it was wars, amazing. Man. It was wars, amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, he had some of the best fight, like yeah. fight of the year, like right, right. Oh, four or five yeah. years in a row. Yeah, I, yeah. I got to turn my head some of that. So <laughs> I remember he you fought know? Wilson Rodriguez. Oh, Wilson my God. Rodriguez that was like a, whipping his behind. a bloodbath. <laughs> it was a bloodbath. They were seconds away from throwing a towel in. And Otero Gaddy came back. But going back to that fight, I mean, Floyd was at his peak oh, when he fought sure. Gaddy. Gaddy was completely over. Gaddy was on, you know, Gaddy was on the other side of the mountain. He was still exciting. He was still could sell a place out, and he would still give you hell if you was if you was sleeping. So, uh, but at that time when he fought Floyd, I mean, he was, you know, he was on his last leg. But he, you know, uh, Gaddy, he was amazing, amazing fighter. He was all uh, 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 heart, balls. You know what I mean? and you know he, he he just left too soon because he yeah, still could have gave us some more oh, fights. Yeah, for sure. And then you know them that trilogy with uh, um, Mickey Ward, yeah, yeah. who's a good friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey, uh, uh, he was he was he was when I say done, his yeah, best yeah. days were yeah, sure, past sure, sure. him yeah, yeah, yeah. by that time. But still he still worse. gave yeah, us thrills yeah, right. with sure. that. So that's when you can call a, uh, I guess you would call him like a Jake Lamotta type. Yeah, he will exactly. fight to the end. Yeah. So he was he was definitely a throwback. All right. So that's the perfect transition to my last question. Yeah. Shadow is. Uh, what's the greatest boxing movie of all time? Since Ooh. you mentioned Lamada and Raging, <laughs> and you know, it makes me think of Raging Bull. What's what is your favorite? All right, that's what's the best. What's your favorite? My favorite, um, I tell you, uh, <laughs> I would say uh, the Raging Bull was good. The Ali movie was good. Ali was good, right? I like the Ali movie, movie yeah, was it's good. Under, it's underrated, man. Yes, Absolutely. it is. It was good. It was definitely good. Uh, one of the best movies. Uh, that I like was yeah. uh, Ocean's Eleven. When I say that, because <laughs> exactly. because I was in that movie oh, with Lewis. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. If you remember, Clisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the heist on fight night. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, the fight night. Yeah. So that was uh, that's a good reason. That was yeah. a good. That was that was <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Julia Roberts. Nice. George Clooney. So many stars. So many stars. the Entertainer. But you know, I I. The best movie I liked was um, the Raging Bull. That was yeah. that was that was yeah. really really good. Yeah. Yeah. The last Rocky movie was pretty good yeah, with the, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Creed. Ooh, Creed. Creed. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's Creed. good. You know, yeah, another Creed is coming up. Doing another one. Yeah, yeah. Another Creed is coming up. I liked Rocky too. The first Rocky. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? But I tell all my boxers, don't, don't. Look at that movie don't to think you're that. gonna right, think sure. you're gonna yeah. do what he did. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't point. do that. So, uh, but but once again, it it definitely was a a a a, a, a historic movie because it's still around. Yeah, also yeah. sure. It's evolved. One to, of my favorite films ever. Yes. Yeah, yeah it evolved, and uh, um, you know that that was really a good movie. But you know, it's like one of those things, right? So you like look at Raging Bull, you look at you know Rocky at its best, maybe Rocky yeah. one and two, and then yeah. you talk about later on with Creed and stuff, right? But uh, Cinderella Man, and this is so many. Oh yeah, so many. Oh yeah, so many. Movies. There's so many movies, and you always think to yourself, oh, how can they make another boxing movie? But they do, and it's so compelling. Well, and that's because of the sport. The sport has that thing about it, it that yeah. is so like human and. Yeah, it's and about. It, you can tell those stories. to me. I mean, the great thing yeah. about the beautiful thing about boxing is it's usually about 
uh, someone, an underdog from a tough community mm-hmm. overcoming obstacles yeah, 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 exactly. more so exactly. than other sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's always the American experience. Like yes. you, based on the decade of who immigrated here that, yes. that decade, yeah, like, that it's a yeah, common yeah. thread yes. that everyone who came here yes. goes back and yeah. can say over the years. That, like, that's, an, uh, that's an observation, and I'm not going to put you on the spot with yeah. it, uh, Shadow, but uh, just the idea that you kind of noticed that like whoever's on the lowest on the totem pole in America, yes. that's where the best boxers are coming from over the decades, right? And yeah. it's like, so like you see why like there would be so many like Spanish fighters now you know I mean? so over the years right it's like whoever's got this the most struggle in the communities those are the people where the that's where the boxers because they're from. not only hungry they're starving that's it, man. they're starving that's and it. when you come from humble beginnings and when you come from nothing it makes you fight that much harder I'm gonna revert back to Buster Douglas. Yeah, sure. What yeah. made him get up? Right. When he got knocked down with right. that a vicious uppercut, yeah, yeah, yeah. most people wouldn't have got up. Right. But what he did, he was like, oh man, I have nothing else to lose. Yeah. My mama, I just lost my mama. He pounded the floor yeah, mm-hmm. and he said, I'm getting up. Yep. And he became a champion. I'm getting up. Yep. So he came from yeah, nothing to say. He did the impossible. Yeah, he did yeah, the it's impossible. Crazy. It's crazy how it. adversity and stuff like that yeah. can yes. be the fuel. Yeah. Yes. You gotta have that, that place that you can yeah. dig deep into. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? When, and he yes. had that. Yes. And it's it's really obvious when you watch a sport of boxing, yeah. I think, more so than other sports, right. that that's what because is it, happening before it your tests eyes. Tests you, you know? in that moment. In yeah. The yeah. ultimate test, the yeah. ultimate challenge of seeing what's inside you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's why it's compelling. And then and then and then from coming from a trainer, a former fighter, yeah. and in in a trainer's point of view, boxing is art. Yeah, for sure. Is is a beauty. It's yeah. it's like Picasso painting the Rembrandt. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just throwing the paint, it's the strokes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when I see the Andre Wards, yeah, yeah. it's the beauty with the triple jab. Sure, sure, sure. The hook, the jab, the yeah, uppercut, yeah. the slip, the parry, this and that. The the the, the Floyd Mayweather's. Right. You sure. see what I'm saying? The beauty of what he the does of, yeah, yeah. of of blocking punches, of yeah, walking yeah. away, of knowing what his opponent's gonna throw before he even throws it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You understand? And then for him to counter it. Yeah. So so that you know that 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 yeah, metaphor for life. Yes, yeah. this is the art. It's an art. Yeah, you know, people think so. that oh, he's punching you in the head. No, no yeah, the yeah. name of the game is to hit and don't get right, hit. Exactly. Yeah, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? But it's the beauty of it when you can be able to, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, can dance around like Ali, Ali danced around, yeah. like Sugar Ray Leonard danced around to be able to get your behind whipped by Roberto Duran. Yeah. In the first fight right. with Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah. you see what I'm saying, yeah. and it goes back to all the fighters that we named. Yeah. What Duran did to uh, Sugar Ray Leonard in the first fight is what Mike Tyson used to do to all his opponents: yeah. intimidation. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. He would indim- intimidate and oh, yeah. scare, yeah, yeah. and and they meant it. Oh, for sure. The Roberto Durans <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the Mike Tyson, they meant yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And so now, when you go into the fight, when when your manager <laughs> comes back to the dressing room and say, "Hey," He just put his hand through the wall. <laughs> and that's what happened yeah, with Michael Spinks. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he, you know, Butch Lewis came back. God bless his old Butch Lewis came back and said, hey, Mike Tyson just put his hand through the wall. <laughs> My guy's giving me to go out there. And then he comes out with the towel around his yeah. neck. Yes. You know what I mean? With, with no socks. <laughs> yeah. with, on black, his boxing. No bullshit. No bullshit. No yep. bullshit yep. Like Jack Dempsey. Was, like yes, Jack Dempsey. exactly. Yep. So, you know, you have them guys like that. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Ray Robinsons, the... Uh, 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 the Jake Lamadas, right. the 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 Willie Peps. Right, right, mm. sure. You understand wow. what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You have these guys that 
taught us the Jersey Joe Walcotts. Right. You see what I'm saying? The Charlie Burleys. Right. You see what I'm saying? The 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 postman, the 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 um right from Jersey, the mailman you named. Oh, you just named him. Uh, the movie, the Cinderella Man. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So when you have these guys and you and you're a student of the game and you love what you do, you not only study these guys, you watch every move they make. Right. You 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 watch every film they make. You 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 not only watch uh, uh, what they do, you watch what they don't do. Sure. Yeah. When I watch boxing, mm. I watch the boxers. Yes, watch the boxers, but I study the corners. Right. Right. I look outside who's outside the ring too. Right, right, right. I watch that. But I more or less study the, the corners. Right. Because it's not only you you guys boxing each other, right. it's the corners competing. Sure, of course. So the trainer or the coach can win you a fight or te- or lose a fight yeah. for you. Another case in point. Uh last week or two weeks ago you had Earl Spence fighting Lamont Peterson. And and the beauty of that, Earl Spence is a beast. He okay. man, he's a machine. And um uh, what Barry Hunter did against what he was a trainer of Lamont Peterson, you know, he stopped the fight. Mm. He saved Lamont Peterson sure, from sure, himself because sure. Lamont Peterson would not have stopped. Right, yeah. right, right, he would have right. keep fighting. He right. would have kept fighting. That's the and job that, of the corner. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. and that's his corner. Protect the fighter from himself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said to him, he said, and he said to him, he said, you know, he more or less said because this is where the the human part comes in that the 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 empathy or not even the empathy the the human side comes right, in. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, I love you enough to say, I want to. I don't want to see you get hurt. Right, of course. Yeah. Of course. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I, and I tell my boxers all the time, I will stop the fight because I don't want to be able to explain to your parents or to your mom or dad that, oh well, I was going to stop the fight. No, 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 no. no. It don't work like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It don't work like. So I rather stop it, and to be able for him to fight another live day. Live to fight another day. Right. Yeah, live yeah, to yeah. fight another day, yeah. and for him to, you know, for the health. Of and, course, and for their health and their life, you see what I'm saying. So, you know, it's it's two sides of this boxing. It's not, yeah. it's not all about the the going out and the uh, uh, beating somebody up right. and this sure. and that. It's about saying, hey, you know, I care enough for you to say, you know, you you, you no more, son. Yeah. Angelo Dundee did it. Sure, of with course. Uh, uh, and uh, Angelo Dundee yeah. is one of the great. Yes, he said, stop, son. <laughs> that's trainer. it. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. great Eddie Futch. He did it with Joe Frazier yeah, when. Yeah. Ali and Joe Frazier, the third fight. He yeah, says, son, yeah. everybody's proud of you. Yeah, Everybody yeah. know what you did. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to prove anymore. He's right. You don't have yeah, to yeah, prove of course, anymore. Of course. You know what I mean? Save, it saved somebody's life. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, man. Dude, what an honor to have you here, man. Yeah, oh, it's, it's an honor to be here. shopping. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's beauty to be here. <laughs> thank you so much here. for coming by, man. Oh, thank you, guys. All right, so one more time. Tell everybody where they can go and, and learn under the man shadow. Tell them well, where they can go. Shadow Boxing Academy. Um... Yeti MMA, 2507 Route 22 West, Scotts Plains, New Jersey. Right. We're there six days a week. Uh, you get to go there, learn the knuckle game, and you get to, to tap up. into this knowledge. Yes, definitely. There's definite. a lot more of it. Yeah, yep. so. Yes, come <laughs> get in shape first. Yeah. Come do yourself. some jumping jacks. Come do some burpees. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have these guys at the table right there. They're going to come do some workout. <laughs> All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come do the, come, come, uh, let's us build together it's because awesome. I, I feel I'm part of the G-Code oh, family. Hell yeah. I'm part of the team. Always. And we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, amazing things. The in future this, is in this, bright. Yes, yeah, that's bright, right. Man. Thank, Thank you, you so much, bro. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it.